And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbins, presented by 10K Takes. We are joined today by a f- special guest, Ryan Walters, out of Rosemount, Minnesota. Thanks for coming, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me. Actually, you know what? That was a little weird, me calling you Ryan, because I've actually, I've never called him Ryan in his life. It's always been a Waltz. His last name is Walters. You know, everyone calls him Waltz. Yeah. I think it was like a three, four months into I knew you that your first name was even Ryan. Because I just thought it was Waltz. That's typically how it goes. I was asking guys around the locker room, like, hey, uh, what's this guy? What's Waltz's last name? Why is his first name Waltz? And what's his last name? They're like, no, his last name's Walters and his first name is Ryan. I'm like, Ryan? That doesn't look like a Ryan at all. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there I am. (laughs) But, uh, okay, we're back. We're here to talk a little hockey. We're here mostly to talk about Waltz's career. But before we do that... And before we get to our last week predictions, Oles, I want to I bring up what I went through today, which was kind of funny. So today, you know, everyone saw Aaron Dell. is playing goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres. North Dakota, Aaron Dell's a North Dakota guy. So I have his back, obviously. But anyways, this video comes out. He's playing goaltender, pushes the puck along to his defenseman. Drake Batherson, Ottawa's best player, comes skating around the net, and Dell gives him a little shoulder shiver, puts him on his wallet, hits, the, <laughs> hits, hits the boards, injures himself. He's injured. Oh, no. Ottawa's best player is injured. Terrible, but it's like, you know what? It's Aaron Dell. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta back my boy here. He's a North Dakota guy. I gotta get, I gotta get behind him. And say like, you know what? Hockey's a tough game. If you don't want to be tough, get out of the game. So I start tweeting out, you know, I don't know why everyone's so mad at Aaron Dell. It's a good hit. It's hockey. Things happen, whatever. And I've got a ton, a ton of Ottawa Senators fans in my replies just shredding me. You idiot. What are you saying? Guys should be kicked out of the league. What the hell are you saying? I'd probably I could... be one of those fans, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was so funny. I'll go through some of the mentions. That they were calling me like they're like this guy's a this guy's a fucking idiot. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. I'm like, fuck you. I talk to the players. <laughs> you know, I talk to the players in the NHL. None of them think the game's unsafe. They all love it. It's part of the game, whatever. And he's like, yeah, whatever, buddy. Fuck you. I don't have a our problem. best player. I don't have a problem with it, but the hypocrisy of it being a goalie <laughs> yeah. because we're supposed to, we can't hit them, and then they that, blindside you. That's, I think that's a little bit. And you know, that's, where do you take that's it? also part of what I want to get into is like goalies don't want to be hitting. There's, there's plenty, you know, there's some arguments there. Should you be able to hit goalies? And I'm one of I the guys, yeah. I'm one of the guys who thinks if the goalie gets out of the crease, I mean, he's a player. I'm going to bury him. And if he has the puck, you might as well go through the body. Cause that's what we're taught to go through the body. <laughs> yeah. When a guy has the puck, don't stare at the puck. He might dangle you. Some goalies have good handles, you know, I've seen it. This Just is- finish the goalie. Well, Aaron Dell finishes Batherson, injures him. 
I don't think it was a malicious play. I don't think he thought he was going to injure him. You know, it was kind of a innocent shoulder, put him on his, you know, like. You, you never think you're going to injure somebody. No. Unless I'm, you catch him, you know, like this guy's has his head down. I'm going to bury him. Then I, you might, then there might be a thought in your mind. Like, I don't think it's any intent to injure somebody and the game's going so fast yeah. and it probably looks like, Hey, I can hit this guy, you know, and yeah. it's clean, but mistakes happen or but injuries do come and that's just a bad bounce. That's a fair point though. You brought up, uh, you know, like it is, it is a goalie, you know, it's yeah. different if like a D man, you know, throws a shoulder into you, you just kind of keep going on. But if a goalie puts a shoulder into me, I'm getting up on slash. <laughs> like, oh yeah. If a goalie buries me, like, oh, yeah. hey, buddy, you're a guy yeah, too. Yeah. Let's shed. That's, that's funny. You brought that up, but uh, it was, it was so funny to me because it's a Canadian team, you know, and like I get all these, I get all these pissed off Ottawa Senators fans coming at me like, you're an idiot. Well, the first one is like, well, I got mad because the Senators fan was like, we've got our best player in an ECHL goalie injuring our best player. And I'm like, you know what, guy? This is a goaltender who's got 126 games started in the National League and probably 400 games backed up. This guy is a full-blown NHL veteran, and I've got you calling him an ECHL well, player. Let's, let's leave the coast out of it. <laughs> <laughs> They're good men. They're good men. Yeah, so coast. I get into it with these Senators fans. I'm like, you know what? Don't call him a coast player. He's, he's an NHLer. He's, he's you know done his time. And we get into these arguments, and this guy's like, you know, I tweet out this thing, and I hashtag it Deller. And this guy tweets me back, I think you're an idiot. And hashtag <laughs> Deller will be suspended for what he did. So that he doesn't do this shit another player for the fifth time. Well, Deller hasn't really done that for four times before this, but whatever. Anyways, I get into this argument with multiple <laughs> Ottawa Senators fans, and... Stirring the, f- the pot or no? Oh, well, I'm stirring the oh, pot for sure. Yeah. And I eventually come to like, hey, man, it's just Twitter. I'm trying to joke around. It's not real life. It's just a game. And all of these people who were yelling at me before just immediately apologize. It's like, no, no, it's all fun and games. You know, it's just Twitter. We're good. Sorry. It's just classic <laughs> Canada. You know, like I was laughing so hard. Like if I was chirping some flyers fan base they would still be at my head right now like trying to find your front door they'd be trying to find my parents address <laughs> and sending death threats and but you know like americans are so much different than canadians they're just Hold sorry rest. man you know it's okay that's what i love about them you know like you, yeah i thought they were pissed at me and then snap we're all just cool we're, we're all cool friends yeah. and, we're, and then after that we're tweeting like no yeah we're agreeing on stuff like just basically high-fiving <laughs> over twitter like yeah i know you're right it's hilarious. well it's funny too because deller's a north dakota boy yeah and then ottawa has like eight north dakota draft oh that's Twitter. right <laughs> that, that's why i tweeted out i was like my new thing is going to be because Kaprasov for the wild just got kind of cheap shot and he got injured and all yeah. the wild fans were like, get this guy out of the league. He's done. <laughs> and it's like, I get that the home fan base overreacts. So my new thing is going to be finding, you know, star players that got injured from a bad hit and then just going to that to fan, fan base, base and seeing what they're saying and try to <laughs> ruffle <laughs> some oh, feathers, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. like that's what I said. My new thing's going to be and and a bunch of the senators fans were tweeting back at me like, no, 
Nodak Sue or uh or they saying uh either Nodak sends yeah. Nodak sends yeah. and I'm like yeah Nodak sends <laughs> you're my favorite organization in the league because you draft all of our guys but no specifically Jake Sanderson you <laughs> well you got Sanderson you got JBD you got Clevin or no you got uh, Pinto Shane Pinto yeah. speaking of we were talking about Bryce Anilowski before the show yeah he's an Ottawa draft pick is he from Omaha yeah no oh, yeah sure. yeah. Yes, we love Ottawa. I just like making fun of their fans when they overreact to an innocent goalie shoulder that unfortunately injured one of their players. I don't wish injury upon anyone. It sucks. It's a terrible part of the game. But for them to say hockey's not safe because a goalie's stepping out of his crease and putting a shoulder in a guy, it's like, come on. I put my shoulder into plenty of goalies. Yeah. 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 Grinder. Ask Tucker Pullman. And how fun is it? I mean, you feel bad for the goalies because they're not expecting a hit, but how fun is it to drive the net and act like you lose an edge and just bury the guy? Ask Tucker. Tucker still wants to kill me to this day. Sioux City beat him in uh, the playoffs. I was middle drive, lost an edge, blew up their goalie. <laughs> or, no, you're going up to the ref. What? I what blame, the equi- blame the equipment manager. He didn't fucking sharpen my skates properly. Oh, I hope Tucker listens. <laughs> okay, but uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way. That's a good starter. Let's, let's, I like that. Yeah. That's a good starter. Let's get into our last week predictions, how we did. Ols, what are the records here? How'd we do? Okay, so uh, series one was North Dakota heading to Lawson. None of us got that right. I predicted North Dakota sweep-ish. Terrible. Uh, you guys both predicted, you and the guest, who was Clint, predicted a split. Western Michigan won straight out both games. So we're all 0-1 on that one. Then Mankato against St. Thomas. Um, we all predicted a sweep. It happened. You guys predicted a touchdown. There were 12 total goals. So close. you guys were pretty close. So we go... To one and one, everybody. Then Denver versus CC. You and Clint uh, picked a split. I picked a Denver sweep, which it's happened. Call by you. Denver's I, rolling right yeah, now. Yeah, they're hot. Hotter than a tamale. Um, so I go to two and one. You and the guests go to uh, one and two. Then Michigan at Minnesota. You predicted Michigan sweep. Our guest Clint predicted Minnesota sweep. I met in the middle at a split. I won that one as well. So I go to three and one. You guys both go to one and three. And we are going to bring Jack into the mix. Uh, Obviously, he didn't predict last week. Um, So we're just going to give him a 500 start, two and two. Yep. uh, Heading into this. I like that. And throughout the show, we're going to have the guest. So the guest will have one record. And then Ols, myself, and Jack will have our own records. And we haven't really came up with a... uh, you know, disciplinary act for the last place, but we're going to brainstorm some ideas and whoever they, they should fire in some ideas too. I'm sure the listeners will fire in some ideas and then whoever takes last place. Will... Open mic night at the comedy club. Nice. You do a five minutes. Oh skit. God. <laughs> Kill me. That's a really good one. <laughs> Just get crickets for five minutes straight. Just hear those oh, crickets chirping oh. as you as you say your punchline to your joke. <laughs> but uh, okay, let's let's get into this this coming weekend, this coming slate. We've got four series picked out. That's what we're gonna do for the rest of this show. Is go. We're gonna pick four of our favorite games and 
Sorry for whoever's listening. A lot of them are going to be NCHC games, then whoever the guest is on. So we've got Omaha game on this week with Waltz being in here. But um, we'll start out with the Huskies at NODAC. What are our predictions there? I'll start out. I'll start out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a split. Yeah, I figured that was coming. Yeah. You want to go? You want me to go? Yeah, fire away. I'll be bold. It's at the Ralph. I'm going to go with the sweep for Nodak. Wow. Yeah. God I'm damn what, it. You know what? We I can't believe Gage didn't have his team like that. God no. damn what I, what I love went, to see that. He went back-to-back splits. Like He's like his huge North Dakota fan. We love a split. Um, no, we God, don't. That's not good enough in the, the ground. The Huskies forms. are good. The Huskies are good. They're North Dakota's struggling. They're nasty. It kills me. COVID, though. It kills me. I'm going Huskies sweep. You're going six in a row. I'm not a. I'm not a biased person. Yeah. Nodak has never lost. Okay. I'm going. I'm going to sweep. I just. I think that there's something going on. I don't know if it's locker room. Hey, Jax, get the boys a beer. Get the boys a beer. Jax can get those guys. (laughs) Jack, Jacks will get the guys going. They'll be going yeah. this weekend. Yeah. I know I, that. I hope so. I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they shove two up the, the Huskies bum, but we'll see. Um, Jacko, what do you got? Uh, I think it's going to be a split this week. Just kind of like, um, you know, we're trying to get back, trying to get off this lost streak. And I think we're going to pull a classic UND, lose on Friday, win on Saturday. All right. Fair enough. I like that. Okay. I like that. Okay. We'll move on to uh, Western at Duluth. I'm gonna. I love these fucking Western boys. I'm, <laughs> I'm going sweep at Amsoil Arena. See you later, Bulldogs. The Broncos are flying home, boozing, having a good time. Probably have a Sunday fun day. Shout out to Neil Goff. What a beauty. Let's go, Broncos. What do you wow. got? Gage and I are opposite today or tonight. Wow. Yeah, I'm going sweet for the dogs. Wow. I'm At calm. home yeah. in the Amsoil. I respect Boy, it. would that ruin my week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Duluth hey. fans out there, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is where I get. I'm in a tough spot, right? <clears throat> Being from Duluth, the boys didn't want me. <laughs> <laughs> the boys didn't want me. I don't know what to do here. Scotty Sandland didn't ring hey, your phone. Fuck hey. that guy. Oh, God. I just. Oh. My heart is torn, but I'm going to go Western Sweep as well. Yeah. In Duluth. I, I, I'm like you. I've been a fan of Western. They were my prediction. For that's going to be a that's going to be a tall task for those Broncos. I know. But I know. And it kills me. Is it because they didn't take you or? Uh, <laughs> No, I don't hold grudges. <laughs> Jacko, what do you got? Uh, I'm going another split. Uh, Western's been hot. They're coming off the sweep against Nodak. And, I mean, Duluth's been good, too. I mean, they're solid. I mean, they're good at home. Eight and three home record. Oh, so. guy's bringing out a home record yeah. on us. No, you know, I'm, I'm thinking another split. All right. Jack's, Jack's a smart guy. Well some, some would argue he's a little smarter than us. <laughs> wow. Which is why he chose the logical choice there. It's probably a smart choice to split it, you know. Yeah. MCHC, both battling for first. Okay, well, I didn't want to choose this game because it's kind of, it's not entertaining, but we got an Omaha Maverick in town. So (laughs) Omaha is headed to Colorado College. What's our prediction there? Because kind of two teams that kind of got to, they got to make a push here. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to go out. Actually, you know what? I'm going split. I think CC takes Jesus. one at home. CC's going to take one at home. Omaha, I think Omaha's going to drop Friday and they're going to come back Saturday as the better team and actually win the game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't think I can take a sweep on every single game. <laughs> yeah. No, you can. You can. Uh, I'm going to go split as well. I'm going to say Omaha Friday, CC Saturday, the elevation is going to get to the get to the old lungs. That's a great it does that it does. I think they're on an Olympic sheet. Out people there don't yeah. people don't realize when you head up to Colorado that that altitude, it plays a major factor in how you play the. Game. I don't think I ever played back to back games. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the boys are like, hey man, just the yes. player, just the player coach going out to Colorado. Like you already know you're playing one. Game. You're like, I, I only got one game in these legs, bubs. <laughs> Um, Make sure that eleventh uh, uh, forward's ready to go on Saturday night. <laughs> oh man, I was the one going in on Saturday. <laughs> um, I'm going uh, Omaha sweep. Hey, Omaha sweep. All right, okay. CC. Okay, Jacko. You know, I'm I'm with that too. I'm thinking Omaha is getting the sweep. Love that. You know, Colorado College three and eight at home. Not necessarily a great home team, but. I don't know. I didn't think about the elevation before, but I think it's still going to be a sweep by Omaha. They're yeah. looking pretty solid. Great choice. Okay, well then we'll move on to uh, another interesting series. Bring it up because we're 10K, you know, our Minnesota podcast. And I do I do like, really like one of the guys in the Gophers, so I'm going to try to follow him along. His name is Ben Brinkman, plays on the team. Coached him in St. Cloud when we coached the advanced 15s there and kind of followed him along he died a guy but he's still on the team i like him so i'm always going to kind of favor those minnesota games kind of want, like following along with the gophers even though i really hate them <laughs> but uh minnesota at notre dame do we know do we know for sure if those olympic guys are going to be gone yet or are they still in town uh i think so the gals team took off on a flight um few days ago i feel like yeah i feel they like gotta I'm, be gone sometime yeah, soon i feel like it's very soon if not and you gotta take done. that into account so i looked it up minnesota minnesota's like ranked eighth or ninth or whatever and and uh notre dame's right behind them they're they're very similarly matched up but they're at notre dame and if minnesota's missing some of those big rigs that carry them they they could be dealing with some trouble so Sorry to my friends on the Gophers, Hudson Fashion, Christian Isaacson, uh, Justin Kluse. Ben hey, Brink- Kluser, my boy. <laughs> ben Brinkman, um, Colin Munson. I'm going to go Notre Dame sweep. Wow. Just like I went Michigan sweep last yeah. week. <laughs> you're, just ruffling, you're just ruffling feathers yeah. at this point. <laughs> I actually agree, though, with the uh, – Exactly what you said. It's going to be a sweep on uh, Notre Dame. I don't have hard feelings uh, towards uh, them not picking me either, but I'm going Notre Dame sweep. Fair yeah. enough. <clears throat> I think Minnesota grabs one. I'm going uh, split in Notre Dame. Hey, Kluser, Lakeville guy. <laughs> Minnesota guy. I'm the same way. I think it's going to be a split series, one and one. I like when the stat guy is on my side. <laughs> Jack's going to win this week. He's picking yeah. the logical choices. Yeah. Every split. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like kind of making those parlays. It's, like going, the, it's yeah. like going to the casino and saying I got black and red. Yeah, I'm kind of making those. I'm kind of making those parlays. Like yeah, I'm gonna go sweep here, sweep there. Sweeps don't happen often no, in college. Don't. I mean, they they're tough to come by. Yep. Right, but we want to look like the hero and get them all right. Oh yeah, you want to you want to pull ahead. <laughs> you got to take what chances. I'm, yeah, what I'm thinking in my head is I want to pull ahead of you guys with a sweep call, where you guys aren't going to call it. Yeah, right. You know, but, but like a Northern Michigan over UMD. Okay, so that's our slate. That's our college hockey weekend slate predictions. We'll see how we do. There's kind of a little trend going on throughout this year. You know. Through the halfway points, you have teams coming out hot and then going into slumps. So what I wanted to bring up was what goes on inside a locker room when the team's in a slump. So the Edmonton Oilers, they're kind of in a slump right now. You know, they have some of the they have two of the best players in the world by far, and they they've lost a lot of games recently. And and I'm always I mean, I'm biased. I'm sorry, guys. I try not to be, but I'm going to bring it back. You know, I'm trying to put myself in North Dakota's locker room. They've lost four straight now. Um, What goes on inside that locker room? What's different inside the locker room when you're going through a tough patch? You know, like in in college, this four-game losing streak for North Dakota, I mean, that's, that's like a that's like a 15 game losing streak in pro. Like yeah, that's a big deal because so the season's way shorter. And those games mean so much. Especially What's going conference games. I'm thinking inside that, you know, like it's interesting. I want the listeners to know like what goes on when you walk into that locker room week after week, you know, when you're winning, it's great. When you're losing, it's, it's a tough deal. You know, like there's different, you know, you're kind of walking in, to the locker room even for practice you're a little nervous during practice you want to make tape to tape passes you're snapping the puck around if you make a bad pass it's a little more deal you know like if you're on a roll winning games and you're in practice and you guys are missing passes no one cares but if you're losing games and you're missing passes in practice it's a huge deal i think it's a slippery slope it depends you know what kind of team you're playing on if you're you know in a slump and you're towards the bottom of the standings versus a team you know, with good history, you know, North Dakota, for example, for sure. they're always been, you know, towards the top of the standings. Everybody knows the Sioux. You just got to get back to doing, you know, what, what got you to become the Sioux, what got you onto that team and just take all the noise out. I know it sounds cliche, but then you also could be a part of a team that's at the bottom of the standings where you lose those games and, and people give up on the team. That's the last thing for you sure. want. So it's a lot about the morale you got in that locker room to hold the pieces together. Would you guys say, so this is a tough question because, you know, we've talked about many times, every game in college matters. Right. You know, you have those pairwise, if you drop one to, you know, a lower team, like that plays a huge role. If you win against a, you know, higher Mm -hmm. opponent, that's huge. Yeah. What's the difference for you guys in the pro ranks? What did you guys notice when you guys lost a game compared to college? Well, I mean, when you're playing pro and you're playing however many is seventy some seventy some games or whatever, it's kind of funny because like you lose a game and you're just like, it depends on how. It always depends on how you lose the game. You know, like if you guys made brutal errors and dumb penalties and guys were doing things dumb that turned the puck over and they scored quick goals, 
then you're kind of pissed. But if you just lose a normal game, it's where it's just a you know an average Wednesday Tuesday game, and you're just snapping the puck around. And you happen to lose four three or whatever. It's it's not a big deal at all. But in college, if you lose one of those games, I mean, it's like losing on Friday in college. You lose Friday on college. It's a must. You're yeah. walking into that rink Saturday like. My family's going to be killed after the game if we don't win this one. Like, that's in your mind, like, oh, my God, they're going to kill my youngest brother if I don't win this, if we don't win this game. Like, that's how scared you are going into that game. Yeah, I I would have to agree. If you lose Friday, I mean, I would almost bet the house we're winning Saturday. Yeah. Because there's nothing that I'm not doing to win that game. Yeah. That's what Gager said. It's so hard to sweep in college because you could see a totally different team the next night. It's it's, wild. It, you're just desperate. You're yeah. in desperation. It's not mode. even the same. T- it's not even close to the same no. team you saw the night before. It's no. insane. And I've seen that with North Dakota going to the North Dakota game this year against Minnesota and St. Cloud, where they got kind of got blown out Friday night and they come out Saturday. And I watch those Saturday games and I'm just like, eyes wide open, like, wh- who are these guys? <laughs> Why were they not here last night? Right. And what are they doing here tonight? Right. Right. So, so my my next question is, right when you guys were done with college and you moved on to pro, whatever level you guys played after college. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, did other people, like it was just a weird experience for me. Once I left college and I went down and we fucking lost a game, I was fucking pissed. And everybody else was like, okay, we got, you know, our knuckles slapped from the coach. And then they're like, ah. Yeah. We got another game tomorrow. Ain't a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the difference? So I can't relate because I had the exact opposite experience. I went to Bridgeport um, after my senior year. Okay. And while I was there, I played 10 games and we went 0-9-1. Oh, no. So losing was sort of the norm in Bridgeport. And then when I the next season, I started at the Iowa Wild. And we also started 0-8-2. So it took me 19 games to win one in the AHL. He was accustomed to losing. Yeah. Oh. It was almost like, like, guys, this isn't a big deal. It was almost like he was at Omaha playing the Sioux for his first 18 games. Because they would, I mean, does Omaha beat North Dakota? Yeah, they Uh, they did, actually. I think my freshman year, we won Friday night (laughs) 7-1. I was actually at that game, and it was, that was a tough one. Yeah, it was tough. We we didn't know what was going on. Wait a second. This is a good time to get into this story. You go to North Dakota, is this... Is, is this the story? Is the it, overtime one? Is that the? Is this the day that this is the story? That's the uh, after the game story. Yeah, yeah. This is the. So Waltz goes to North Dakota. Sophomore year with Tony Turgeon, also from Grand Forks, plays in Omaha. Yeah. You guys win seven one. No, that that was my freshman year. This story oh. is. Uh, yeah, go into this because this is great. So it's it's Friday. Um, like he said, Tony's from Grand Forks. Yep. He's my best buddy on the team, you know. We end up winning that game 2-1 in overtime. And he, that game, was it Mario Lamoureux? I think he fought Mario. Yes, it was Mario. Yeah. I was at that game. I saw Mario walking around the concourse after they got kicked out. Yeah, they like, and the Mario had the Mario had the biggest black eye in his With well, Tony's but, a heavy, but Mario, good for him. For to Mar- up to, to Mario's point, I mean, Mario's a small guy, tenacious guy. Right. He agrees to drop the gloves with Tony Turgeon, who 
even in pro hockey, <laughs> yeah, no one wants to drop the gloves with. I mean, this guy is scary. <laughs> yeah, he's a strong dude, tough dude. Um, so when they fought, right? So that's like he's all jacked up, had the game of his life, fought yeah. in the hometown, you know, Grand Forks. We ended up winning two one in overtime, and I was fortunate enough to score score the goal. So it's Friday night, and I get a call to my room. I'm in the hotel room, and Tony goes, "Hey, Waltz, let's uh, let's go have a couple." <laughs> and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? We got a game tomorrow." He's like, "Dude, let's just go have some." So I'm like, "All right, fine." <laughs> so Tony and I make our way over. We get picked up by another local Grand Forks kid, Pat Arneson. I don't know if anybody knows that name. Grand Forks Central goalie. Yeah, yep. yeah. He brings us to uh, Judy's. So. <laughs> I'm underage. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Jude. <laughs> I'm, I'm underage, so I got I get my goaltender's ID that I've been using, John Faulkner, and uh, I'm sitting at the bar with Tony, and we're drinking some beers, and all of a sudden I hear this lady behind me say, "Wow!" And I ignore it, and she says, "Wow, you're really ballsy." So I turn around, and I'm like, "Excuse me." She goes, "I know who you are," and I'm like. I have no idea who you are, lady. And she goes, you're Ryan Walters. You scored the game-winning goal tonight. I can't believe you're at my bar. She took a pick, and I just ignored her, right? I'm like, I don't want any yeah. any attention of this. Well, she takes a picture of Tony and I looking at each other, cheers and drinking a beer, and blasts it all over Twitter. So she's tweeting out things like, hey, Dean Blaze, do you know your players are out the night before a game? Hey, Dean Blaze, these guys should be suspended, all this stuff. We don't know this is going on, so... We finish up at Judy's. We head to the loft. We don't get Great back spot. to the hotel till like two thirty, three in the morning. We just had a good night. We're like, well, we better play good, right? You know, we're playing guilty now. So I get up to go to breakfast, and our assistant coach is down there, and he, players coach, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's not going to wrap me out, but he pulls me aside. He goes, "Hey, were you out last night?" And I look at him. I'm like, "No." And he goes, well, "You're all over Twitter," and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I, look, I, yeah, so I look it up. I'm like, all right, well, we just had a couple. We were back before curfew. Not, I mean, try to cover something. Yeah. He's like, hey, it's up to you if you want to tell coach or not. I'm not going to say nothing. Looking back at it, Blaze doesn't know how to work an iPhone. He don't know how to get online. <laughs> yeah. I could have easily got away with this, or Tony and I. But I got scared because Dean Blaze. I'm like, shoot, I better tell him before he finds out. So I tell him he's, he's okay with us going out. Until I said, and it's on Twitter. He goes, it's online. Oh, no. So he didn't care about the booze and yeah, until no. it was online. Because Blazers are. Now he's like, my name's in there. Now it's a deal. So he called the captains in. They're voting on if we should play that night. We ended up getting to play. We lost one nothing. Well, this is where the story goes chaotic. <laughs> so Bla- I don't know if you know Blaze, but he's crazy. Like psych, like he is psychotic. He's an absolute when it, beauty, when it but to, he is when it comes crazy. To, when it comes to training, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that pushes you like he pushed us at Omaha. And nobody on our team believes Tony or I to this day, but I can swear to God that it's a true story. We on Sunday, because he said, I will talk to you when we get back to Omaha. And we're thinking, you know, Monday, because it's Sunday and we don't have practice or anything. <laughs> yeah. So we wake up, we go to Five Guys. I got a burger, a Coke, so does Tony. Great spot. My phone starts buzzing. It's Dean Blaze. <laughs> I look at Tony and I go, oh, shit. I answer the phone, put it on speaker. He goes, hey, come to the rink right now. 
Tony instantly gets out of the seat, goes to the bathroom, starts puking himself because he knows what's coming. It's a bag skate. We go to the rink. Lights are shut off. It's, you know, the miracle movie. Yeah. He's sitting there on the ice with his, you know, sneakers. Lights are off. (laughs) So what had happened was we were doing sideboards. I'd go over, back, over, back, over. So five reps. Yep. Yep. As soon as I finish, Tony goes. As soon as he finishes, I go. We did 150 each. <laughs> each. No. We think that we're done. No. Blaze goes, get some water. We go to the goal line. Same style format. We do killers. So blue line back, red line back, far blue back, goal line back. 12 each. He says, you think you're done? We go from goal line to goal line back, down, back, downs. 12 each. He goes, last thing, we have to do a double ladder. So blue line back, blue line back. I think you get the point. Took two and a half hours. We lay on the ice for like 30 minutes. He goes, come to my office when you're done. He has a full page document written up that Tony and I could either accept or decline. We had two options. Either we couldn't drink the rest of the season and we could keep our scholarship. Or we signed this document to where he can test us. I think there's some pill that you break out in hives or something. If you drank 48 hours prior. So we could, or we could drink and we'd have to earn our scholarship throughout the year. So it's either don't drink and keep it or drink and based on your play is what you'll get. Me being smart, I'm like, give me that. I'll sign it. I want to keep my scholarship. In front of Blaze, Tony goes, hold on, dude. Let's think about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, dude. So finally, he's like, Blaze is like, all right, go home, come back. So I convinced him that night, sign the piece of paper. Dude. Yeah. We sign it, a month goes by, you know, nothing happens, story ended, but that was a pretty wild experience. That. And that bag skate was the worst thing I've ever done. Instantly in my life. done with hockey if that happens. Yeah. Instantly done. There's zero chance I would have made it through. I made excuses to not run the mile. All four years we were supposed to run the mile at school. <laughs> I had hip problems, knee problems. <laughs> there was no chance I was running that mile. Imagine me doing 150 boards. Zero chance. Never going to happen. Never. That's the funniest part about this story is we're, we're all three NODAC guys here and Waltz is an Omaha guy. Well, us NODAC guys should know what comes with Blaze, but we have no idea. You know, like NODAC is – Blazer is part of NODAC like so much. Oh, yeah. And Waltz – I remember Waltz telling me this story when I played with him in Utah, and I was just like, that is Oh, this story? Epic, yeah. 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 Epic There's, story. I got a ton of Blaze stories. They're, I mean, I don't know how fabricated they are on his side <laughs> yeah. of it, but yeah, like you said, he's a Nodak guy. He's pretty intense. We, we, we never got too much of that. Like, Hack, we had some baggers with Hack, but we never got, like, the full psycho. Yeah. I mean, that's... I thought there was. I, I would. I would have literally quit. I thought there were I times. I thought there were times we were close to that full psycho from hack, but we didn't. We well. didn't fully get it. But uh, so now we want to get into Walt's career, which throughout our guests, I mean, throughout the show, he won't be the coolest hockey player we have. But to this date, he does have the coolest I'll career <laughs> out of all of us. I mean. Waltz actually had a very good career. Yes, he did. Very cool career. Um, from Rosemount, Minnesota, goes to high school at St. Thomas. What 
why did you just why did you decide to go to a private school, St. Thomas, play hockey there? I mean, obviously it's good hockey. Was that the only reason? Well, so I'll just get it off the table. There's no recruiting whatsoever. Um, it's just a really good school that a lot of hockey players decided to go to at the same time. So yeah. that's the main reason why we went there and for the education. Um, so that's why I went to St. Thomas. And because you you liked going to school with all guys, you didn't want to see girls right. like a normal high school student. Yep, strictly focusing on hockey. That's one care. thing about the St. Thomas guys. They Do they all like guys or just kind of like hanging out with guys during school? It's easier to study, do homework. It's not the first time we've heard that joke. <laughs> Yeah. It won't be the last, no. I promise I, you that. We played Richfield in sections. They threw hot dogs all over the ice. <laughs> so we're used to it. But believe it or not, it's actually not a bad time. You're not worried about impressing any girls or whatever. It's almost like back to the locker room talk. You no, and all. you got that girls' school right across the, what's it called? The uh, visitation. visitation. Yeah. Same type of St. John's, uh, what all they have going on down there. They have an all-guys college and yeah, all-girls college. St. Right, Ben's or whatever. Right next to each other. So it yeah. kind of evens out. But it is funny to make those jokes. Just, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because obviously they're going to the single-A tournament and just dominating every year. And it's like, cool, man. You recruited <laughs> all the best players from around town. And then you beat all the single-A teams who are picking from 40 players each. Oh. Like, great. That's awesome. Yep. But, uh, okay, so you go to St. Thomas. You, you won a state championship there, actually, right? Right. Sophomore year, we ended up uh, beating Duluth Marshall, five to one in the state championship. Was game. that a pretty cool experience? Like, yeah, it was. I mean, it was awesome. What happens? What happens after the game? You know, I can imagine a regular public school wins that, and they go back home and you know have a normal high school party, maybe a bonfire with a bunch of girls. <laughs> but you guys probably went back home and like invited all the guys from the school and. Just played some, did some guy stuff, maybe wrestled around in the in the grass. I don't know. What, what, what happens after the state championship win there? Honestly, not. You might be honest on something because not a whole lot. I mean, it was only a sophomore <laughs> in high school. I wasn't ripping beer bongs or taking yeah. bowls of vodka. But I, I do remember uh, the older guys, they had like, I don't know, 12 pack of Coors Light or whatever we went to. I think it was. Uh, Mark Haverkamp's house, and he had some other yeah. visitation girls over, and I don't know, we did what high school kids did. But anyways, obviously, Waltz is a great high school career. Then you go to Des Moines, and I wanted, like, how was Des Moines? Because every time we played in that rink, I'd walk into the rink, and you'd walk into the rink, and you're like, why does it smell like a Bud Light can in here? Like, <laughs> it just smells like beer. Yeah. And then you walk around the concourse, and you kind of get the full story. You're, like, seeing the signs, and you're like, Buck beer night. One dollar oh, beer yeah. night. Buck beer night. Every, Every night, night of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, that's why. It's a, this place is just beer spilled yeah. all over. Yeah. No, no place to play fucking soccer beforehand. No. Nothing. I mean, this, it wasn't bigger than this room, this rink. Brutal yeah. rink. You gotta but, have finesse. Yeah. Brutal yeah, it rink. It was a finesse game. You're right. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say, I mean, it is kind of a tough, it's an older rink, but it's kind of got a cool atmosphere, but Des Moines is not a terrible, I mean, I've been to Des Moines recently, it's it's kind of a cool spot, I mean, did you enjoy your time there? And Des Moines is a cool spot, and then a lot of the players lived in West Des Moines, which is, I don't know if you've, yeah. where you've been, it's by Jordan Creek Mall, if that's, yeah. you know, pretty well-known spot, uh, really nice area, the Billet families were awesome, 
uh, I don't know. It had everything you needed. Smaller yeah. town and you had know, a good time. Movie theater had, had a good, a good time. time playing juniors. Yeah, living the life. Went to high school. I don't know if you guys know who Sean Johnson is. She's on yeah. Dancing with Stars as an Olympian gymnast. Yeah. She went to. She wasn't there all that often, but she went to Valley High School in Des Moines. No so, shit. Yeah, that's we're, pretty cool. Who were kind of your big horses back in the day at Des Moines? On the team? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> no, he was no, the no. horse. But I'm talking so about the other ones. We true. got uh, Connor Brickley. He yep. played for the Florida Panthers yep. organization. TJ Tynan was with the Blue Jackets. And then uh, decommitment from Nodak. He was, he was good back in the day, too. Uh, Michael Fink. Yeah. Was, okay. I don't know if you guys remember that name. So you're talking about decommitments. You go to Des Moines. You were verbally committed to Minnesota. Yep. And then you decommitted and went to Omaha. Omaha. Yep. And I'm assuming a little part of that has to do with Blazer convincing you to. So what – Growing up in Minnesota, you always want to be a gopher, or at yeah. least I did. Yeah. Um, so when I committed, I went to the three big schools that I can, you know, Wisconsin, North Dakota, and Minnesota uh, were my visits. Um, without question, I just picked as soon as I talked to Don Lucia, I'm like, I'm going to be a gopher. Yeah. That's what I wanted my whole life. So to expedite the process, I thought going to juniors, my junior year of high school, and then my senior year, I'd be ready to walk in as a true freshman and become a gopher as quick as I can. Well, at that point, Jared Larson was an overager turning 21, so he had to come into the gophers. And then Nick Bukestad accelerated through his senior year, and he was coming into the gophers. So there was no room for me to come in that year. So they said, hey, go back to Des Moines and play a third season. I said, I'm... I've already been down here for two years. I'm ready to play. And so I thought about it with my parents and called and I talked with them and then called Don and said, Hey, I need to decommit and explore other options. I'm just ready to move on. You were getting a little, which a little is, antsy to get a little antsy. And which is what you feel as a young player. When you do have all that hype behind you, when you're, and and as we're older now, you kind of realize like when you I wish I would have stayed. Yeah, you wish you would have you always wish you would have stayed longer in juniors, is which why which is why I tell my youngest brother who's playing in Madison right now to stay in juniors as long as you can, because why not? It's such a great time and you just prolong it gives you a huge advantage too. Yeah, and you prolong your hockey career doing that. And I mean there's pros and cons of each, but when you're when you're in that position that you were you're really antsy to get to college because you just, you know, you see other players that you're, you can, you compare yourself to and they're going into college. Or you see your buddies going in, yeah. you know, it's like, I want to be with my buddies. I don't want to be a year behind one in school. And, and you already hockey. played two years in the USHL and you're like, what else can I show here? Yeah. I want to play college hockey. So you decommit. What does Lucia say? That's actually ironic. Not many people know this. So my, at the time I'm obviously living with my parents. Our basement is literally maroon and gold. Everything my dad went to the University of Minnesota. Walls are painted maroon and gold. We got go for football helmets, go for hockey helmet, go for jerseys. The whole thing is go for basement. And that's where I'm calling Lucia from. And where it gets funny is on the phone, he's obviously upset that I'm decommitting. Yeah. And his quote or line to me was, Well, if you don't bleed maroon and gold, then you shouldn't be a gopher anyway. And I'm on the phone like Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that's how I get a kick out of that. But so then how'd you how'd you decide on Omaha? I mean, you probably had your pick of the litter a little bit, like I really didn't. So I reached back out to Haxdall. 
um, Sandlin, and I want like so Nodak, Wisco again, and then Duluth. But I was running into the same problem where they already have the recruits for sure, and they were interested, but I had to go back again. So that sort of defeated the purpose of decommitting. Yeah. So then it came to you know Mission Tech, Mankato, Nebraska, Omaha. No, I didn't even know who they were at the time, to be honest. You did because yeah. growing up in Minnesota, you don't. Yes, you know, for sure. Just all WCHA. So it took. I'm like, geez, did I make a mistake? You know, and it, Mankato isn't what Mankato back then. No, back they're then not they're what not they what they, now. they are now. No, same with Michigan Tech. So I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, but it ended up working out. I chose UNO because one, you got Blaze going there. Yeah, Mike Gensel was the assistant coach who also coached me at Des Moines for the Bucks, and then Mike Hastings was the other assistant who's now the head of Mankato. So three great coaches on top of, you know, I knew a lot of the junior players from Brockman, Pettit, Terge, Analowski, you know, Zon Robin. I knew, I knew all these guys going into Terry Broders, going into Omaha. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't mind playing with these players. You yeah. Know? So that's yeah. the decision I made. That's kind of cool. I mean, it, it had to take a lot of balls to decommit from Minnesota, like, like you said, every player who grows up in Minnesota wants to play for the Gophers. I mean, it's just – it's such a cool thing to say you play for the Gophers in hockey. Like, it's it's so cool. And, like, even me living in Grand Forks, you know, like, I took a visit in Minnesota because, like, I, I just know how cool it is, like, to play there. And, like, my full, my full heart was at North Dakota, but you still know, you know, it's – Yeah. It's the Gophers. So, that had to take a lot of balls to – it was weird too, because like even I visited North Dakota first, because it was honestly my choices would have been Minnesota, North Dakota, then Wisconsin. But I went North Dakota to visit, then Wisconsin second. And when I was at Wisconsin, I mean, no great program, obviously. It's just yeah. back to the Minnesota. I was like, I don't even want to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know I got Minnesota next yeah. week. It was really weird, but that's how like into being a Gopher I was. So for sure. So I think I brought this up last week. What was kind of like the deciding factor? You know, I talked about Minnesota high school, and when you grow up, you think, fuck, I'm going to play here for three years. I'm going to play varsity for three years. Then I'm going to go play college. Like, what was your reasoning for leaving and going to play juniors, um, you know, your final two years there or whatever? So, honestly, it was freshman year. I had a really good freshman year, and then I had a, you know, really good sophomore year. Yeah. We won the championship or state tournament. And at that, I mean, my sophomore year, I had, I think it was like 75 points in 20 games. And I just didn't, and I say that in not trying to brag or anything. No, but that's, no, that's, 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 why that's we're what here. we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just say that. We brag about, we brag about our accomplishments. Well, like at what point, though, do you stop getting better and start making yeah. mistakes against competition? Yes. So I thought the next step would be go to, the junior level and s- still progress your game as well as go into college as a true freshman. Cause you are prepared jumping from high school to college is a big jump. I think. Yes. And I thought way that was, too big. I thought that was going to prepare me better. That's, that's a fair point. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it was only, you know, people that I hung out with, but our whole thing was we were going to stay in high school. Then we were going to go to college and then we were going to go to pro. And so yeah. I don't I don't know because I mean I got drafted in the USHL I'm like what the f- what the fuck is the USHL <laughs> seriously I had no idea it was like oh Green Bay took yeah. me in the USHL is like 
Oh, that's kind of cool. But like, I didn't. It's kind of cool. I could, I couldn't like register in my mind. Like, there's a, there's probably another step be- between high school and college. I think you did get brought up. I mean, Randolph, your coach in high school. Yeah, he was a big high school hockey advocate because he wanted that best team. And yeah, I think you were surrounded by those people who really valued high school hockey. Yeah, versus, I mean, not not to say like. When I was in East Grand Forks and left my junior year and senior year as well, my my coach, Tyler Promosino, he actually played at North Dakota. He also didn't want me to leave, but he also understood, you know, it's a little different from playing at I mean, St. Thomas is single A, you know, like yeah. that's a lot different than playing double A, I think. Like Ols is playing those double A schools, which is a little more similar to juniors. When you're playing single A, you guys probably you're, played a tough schedule, but when you're up in East Grand Forks, you still play a good schedule, but you're also playing some of those teams that you don't feel like you're progressing your game. Right, right. At the same time, I mean, we did play just like you said, you're not progressing, right? You're playing, you know, you're going to win yeah. eight, eight to one, yeah. you know? But we did have, I'd say, you know, a third to a half. I mean, we're playing Hill Murray twice a year. We're playing Holy Angels. Yeah. You know, we got Minnetonka on the schedule. So we do have some dogs that we're playing against. But to the, your point, no offense to these schools, but you got Simley and Sibley. Yeah, and, no, that's you know, fair. So, yeah. It, in do- in single A, I can understand it a lot more because the, the competition's a little more watered down in single A. Right. Double A, I can understand why guys stay. Like, Ols was playing on – you know, he grows up on these youth teams that are just dominant, and then he gets into high school, and these teams are just incredible. Like, why would you leave that? You, you played with Randolph? Yeah. Coach Randolph? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Randolph was our coach, and then my line was Dom, who's – Dom Tontinato, who's still playing in the yep. NHL uh, for Winnipeg, and then Jake Randolph, Mike's son. He went to Omaha. Yeah. Jake. He's yeah. An Omaha And boy. you had yeah. so many – college players on that team and yes. really good high school players. It, it like, was, it was awesome. Like, yeah. Looking back now, it's easy to say, God, you know, I wish I would have left early, but <laughs> I could have never done it in no. the time or else I would have. In your right? situation, you would never leave that. Why no. would you? I mean, it's such a great, it, I, I just, I, I like bringing that into the conversation because there's a thought in my mind. Oh yeah. Like, Fuck, you know, if I would have, well, cause, and you stayed with all your buddies, right? Yeah. So like Rosemount where I grew up in Rosemount, I mean, the team wasn't bad. Yeah. I just knew from playing there from mini mites to Bantams, you can sort of tell I'm like, we can have a good year, but we ain't going to win. Yeah. You were passed. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go it's, to St. Thomas. Th- that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's a little different. You know, like those guys who go to Minnetonka, Edina, yeah. even Moorhead, um, Duluth East, you know, you got all these Edina, like, well, those there's certain double A teams where like if you really want to get into it too, my coach was Tom Vanelli, and at the time his son was the captain of the Gophers. Yeah. So I'm like, well, here might be a good opportunity to play for St. Thomas Academy. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's fair. I just like bringing that point up, especially with Minnesota-born players. Everybody has a different mindset, so yeah, it's kind of cool to hear that because yes. yeah, I, I I agree on both sides, and I love. Minnesota high school hockey, I think it's the best thing there is. Haven't they changed the game now, though? Isn't there another school out there that's, like, you can recruit to this school? Gentry. Gentry. Gentry Gentry Academy, yeah. Gentry Gentry beat East Grand Forks. Yeah, Gentry. Gentry beat East Grand Forks in the state tournament last year. 
in in the semifinals. And I know people from East Grand Forks were a little butthurt about it because they had a great team, you know, and they you run into this gentry team who they end, they ended up winning state and they're just like another St. Thomas or, you know, Shattuck who gets all these good players from high schools that don't necessarily have a great high school program. And all these players come in and they form a team and they come into single A and, you know, they beat a team like East Grand Forks where I'm from, where our high school team's picking from 40 skaters, you know, like we don't have the luxury of picking from these, these guys who are going to random schools around the Metro area. And that's why it makes people a little angry, but you also got to understand where those players on Gentry are coming from. They're trying to further they're, they're trying to further their hockey career and they're just trying to play on a good team because they've grown up on bad teams their whole life and they just want to have a winning season, you know? Like you can't you can't argue with those guys who make the decision because they probably made the best decision that they could have. Yeah. And now they have a right. state championship and that's that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yep. But anyways, let's get into your uh, Omaha career. So Waltz, for anyone who doesn't know, Waltz had an incredible college hockey career. He put up 134 points, and I know there's a lot. It, that's honestly, it's honestly, <laughs> sick it's it's laughable yeah. because there's a lot of guys that make the Century Club in points in college, and it's celebrated by each college. Like holy shit, this guy had a this guy had a hundred points in college. Well, Waltz had 134. So your fresh I want to go over your freshman year first. So you get in your freshman year. Your coaches are Dean Blaze, Mike Hastings, who now head coaches the Mankato Mavericks powerhouse, <laughs> and Mike Gensel, who is known to be one of the best hockey coaches there is. That had to have been I mean, I was looking through coaching staffs. That's one of the best coaching staffs I've ever seen. So what was that like having those guys like your freshman year? What's it like getting acclimated to college hockey and like where are you guys living? What's the experience like? So, I mean, freshman year, right? You're sort of deer in the headlights. You don't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, it's your first time on your own. I mean, you go to juniors, you're still under parental guidance. I mean, you're actually on your own now, right? At the dorms with your buddies playing hockey. They just went from... Mike Kemp was the coach at the time to now you and nothing against Mike Kemp. He was a great guy. He was still there when I was at Omaha, but then you bring in, like you guys said, Dean Blaze, Mike Gensel, and Mike Hastings, which shocks the seniors and juniors who are there. Oh yeah. Used yeah. to something else. So they don't know what to expect. That's either. a whole different level. Yeah. So we were all like in this sort of what are we I mean, I knew Gensel from Des Moines Buccaneers, but First time playing for Blaze and Hastings is a little pit bull. That guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's intense in a good way, though. He knows exactly what he's doing yeah. and he gets the most out of his players. But nothing but good things to say about all three of them. So, I mean, it was an experience and uh, it was only it only lasted a year, I think. And then Gensel yeah, no, I was looking at that. I think Gensel left after that and then Hastings might have been there your sophomore year and then he left yep. for your junior year. Yep. Might have. Probably went to Mankato at that yep. time. Yep. I was I was looking at I mean, there's plenty of Blazer stories. There's plenty of Blazer stories to be told. Yeah. But I wanted to share one when we went to when we went to Omaha. Holst, do you remember this? Yeah. Oh, 
I th- we might have shared this in the first episode, but I'm ha- I'm pumped that you're bringing it back up because this guy's a fucking nut job. Yes, yeah, so in, in, in the best way possible. Yeah, so we show up. Whilst we show up to Omaha, and we're this is actually the weekend in our junior year. They just Omaha just built their brand new rink, Baxter Arena. Yeah, that Blaze promised me would be there my sophomore year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. classic recruiting yep. thing. Yeah, yep. you got to do it. <laughs> But anyways, we show up and Bubs and Dane Jackson, they they know but Blazer really well. Bradbury. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it. So Bradbury and Dane Jackson know Blazer really well. Um and they know Blazer like I don't know if you know these stories, but Blazer pulls like little tricks on teams, you know, like he plays he plays mind games with teams. So we I'm get, sure he played mind games with us. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we get the we get to Omaha and we get the Baxter Arena and we're actually playing for the Penrose. So if we win Friday night or if we win both games, we win the Penrose. Yep. Um and we're practicing Thursday and we're skating around just middle of practice. Well, actually before when we get to the rink Thursday, our locker room is set at 90 degrees. <laughs> the heat's at 90 degrees. So we walk in there. It's like walking into a sauna. And we're all like, what the f-? And obviously, Bubs is like, fucking blazer. <laughs> he knew instantly. He yeah, knew like, instantly. You know, like, bo- all the coaches were like, blazer. <laughs> it's got to be him. So then we go out to skate. Like, we turn down the temperature. We go out to skate. We're mid-practice. Lights shut off. <laughs> Entire rink lights shut off. I've been there, too. We stop practice. They turn back on right away. Okay, well, f- what was that? Let's continue practice. We keep practicing for like 10 minutes maybe. Lights shut off again. And this time they stay off for like a full minute. And the lights shut off, and Bubs is skating around the rink, just screaming into the rink, Blazer! <laughs> Blazer! <laughs> not know this story oh yeah he chucks his stick into the stands bubs, bubs or- chucks his stick into the stands and he's screaming blazer fuck you <laughs> and the lights turn on and I, all i'm like all of us just on the ice just dying, dying laughing, laughing. Like, and i'm just picturing in my head blazer at the light switch <laughs> just like <laughs> I got him. I got him. <laughs> but I've heard so many stories of Blazer from those guys, and like I just respect the guy so much. I watch his teams playing. He gets and- a kick out of being like a nut job. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he would like after that whole. I just told you a story about our bag skate. We'd be sitting there in line at practice, and he'd skate by and give you a bump, me a bump in the boards. He's like, "Tell him how much I made you skate. Tell him, tell him." <laughs> And he like wanted skate away. If you guys don't know Dean Blaze, he's just a grizzled vet. So do we got time for one more Blaze? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wasn't here for this, but he told me this story. So I don't know how (laughs) exaggerated it is, but it's definitely something Blaze would do. Yeah. So this is when he was at Nodak. So all the Nodak fans will appreciate this. He was under Gino and the other assistant. I don't know who it was at the time. They were in the situation where they had to bring in one more recruit to fill the roster for that year. And Blaze had a guy, and I don't know who the other John was. Marks. Yeah, I've yeah. heard the story. John Marks had a guy, and they couldn't decide which recruit Recruiting. was coming in, and they each wanted their guy to be in. Yep. They were at 
John Marks's guy's game up in up in Canada and had yeah and apparently this kid had a good game so they get back in the vehicle and they're driving down the highway and John goes well it looks like we know who we're taking Blaze's like yep my guy and he goes John's like no 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 fuck that we're taking my guy and they're arguing in the car this is Blaze's story so to settle this dispute they pulled off to the side of the road <laughs> on the shoulder and walked down in the ditch and duked it out and whoever won got their guy. <laughs> Yeah. I go, so who won? Blaze goes, I did. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I asked I asked Marksy who won, and he said he did. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. No one knows the story. Know. I've heard that exact story. They they couldn't agree on the recruit they wanted to bring in, and they just pulled off highway. Just pulled off, walked into the ditch, and just started, started duking up whoever up. wins this one. We're pulling my we're guy. Pulling my guy. <laughs> what an epic – I mean – you no, could, is that true? You think? I yeah, mean, we yeah. both heard the story. I, I just, I've heard I the story. I've heard the story multiple times from multiple people. It's confirmed true. I mean, that's, that's some plays would do. Yeah. So I believe it. And that's something John Marks would do too. If anyone knows John Marks, listening, he's also like Blazer. They're just old school. You know, knows hard the nose, yeah. hard nose knows the grindstone. I mean, they're was, just. He was the Fargo coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, we dumped on them quite a few times. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry, so sorry, but we so your your freshman year, you got those coaches. Anyways, Waltz, one hundred and thirty four points in college, junior year, which is why I'm wearing this shirt. Walt Wally for Hobie. Yeah. Wally for Hobie, right here. Who made those? You're a dork. How many points? <laughs> Fifty two points your junior year in thirty some games. I mean. Yeah. What's this year like? What are you feeling? You f- like you're going in every game like probably get two points tonight. Honestly, I I I don't know what happened that year. It just seemed I don't Easy. know. I played I mean I played with Josh Archibald, played with Dominic Zombo. It was a we had great chemistry Good on that line. line. I mean Archibald's in the NHL right now. Uh probably one of the fastest players I've ever played with. That guy's oh, a psycho shoot the too. Puck. He's, yeah, he's, he's, tough. he's nuts. Uh, I don't know, that line in our chemistry that year was just clicking and it seemed, you know, I, we just played well together. Um, so, I mean, yeah, as a very year, I'll hum- never forget. Very but, humble guy. Yeah. Yeah. I would it's, have I would have yeah. definitely blown it out of the water. I mean, I was pulling these guys behind me. If it weren't for my line mates, I would have had 70. Yeah, I mean, you had 29 <laughs> total points in your college career. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Gage, 29 points. Why did you have to say that? <laughs> plus 10, 403 blocks. Um <laughs> 403 blocks no i just made that <laughs> it's gotta be more yeah, it's gotta be. <laughs> yeah. but i had uh 7 19 45 you had 52 in one year i had 45 and just short of 100 games <laughs> that's, that's a lot of nuts. points you yeah. and he continued it on in the pro yeah he was also a good pro player so yeah thanks guys but what do you like how close were you to like was there any hype on you winning the Hobie? There yeah. kind of was. I remember when you were playing, I remember following along with the Omaha guy who was tearing it up, which was you. You won, you actually, <laughs> that year, you actually won college hockey player of the month in December. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think you had 15 points in December and were just rolling. Yeah. It, I mean, it, once those shirts started coming out, I think it was like when they announced the top 10 or something like that. And then they narrowed it down to three. That's when it like became real. Cause I think at the, before that, it's 72 guys are named. Um, but I mean, I wasn't expecting it. It was a cool experience just to, uh, to be a part of, I guess I'll be humble with it. Like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Humble. 
Yeah. This show isn't about <laughs> Walt, Walt's it's a humble like a... guy. I knew we weren't going to get any cocky statements yeah. out of him. I'm going to pump his tires. I mean, he's obviously a stud. We got some time left here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll get I'll get one cocky comment out of him, and I'm just <laughs> gonna rip him. <laughs> I can't wait till he brings it out. Like, whoa! Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Do we need a repeat? Do we need to pop a hole in that head and deflate it a little bit? <laughs> okay, no, good for you. That's that's pretty cool. Fucking experience like that's uh, it is. Yeah, and I'm I sure, want. I, I'm sure your line mates were great and all that, but it's like it's pretty cool to be thought of as one of the best college hockey players so it's not only that i mean even even if you're not just to put i mean up... i think i got robbed but yeah, <laughs> yeah there it is let's welcome go welcome to the has-beens we got robbed yeah. we're 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 starting a petition we're all gonna sign it waltz for hobie <laughs> yeah. yeah we're gonna take that back who won it that year do you remember drew leblanc yeah hey, st cloud st cloud guy Herman take it town boy Take it away. Give it to Walt. He deserved it. <laughs> Drew LeBlanc. Yeah. LeBlanc, the LeBlanc um, family. But at Omaha, you played with a lot, of, a lot of good players, actually, and and some to name: Andre Suster, huge defenseman, Jake Jake Gensel, Josh yeah. Archibald, Nick Sealer, mm-hmm. and you even and you even got Tony Turgeon, who played quite a bit in the American League. Yeah, tough guy fighter. I mean. Could, when you're going to, when you're in college with these guys like Archibald and Gensel and Sh- Schuster, even like, can you do you do you know that they're going to be that good at the time playing the NHL that long? Or, I mean, Schuster, Schuster, for example, we all knew he would be in the NHL with uh, his size. I mean, I remember going against him in practice on one-on-one drills and his stick length. And I mean, it was almost impossible to get around him. I feel and like then, you can get the the best read in practice on guys because other teams play them, tw- you know, whatever four times a year. But the guys on their team, they do it. They practice day. against them every day, every week. Yeah, you know? like so, you, I mean, he's only human. You might catch him on a game. And you're like, I beat Andre Schuster. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, he's human. You yeah. Do yeah. it. You know. He'll stop you the other 99 in practice. So he was like, you knew when he was in college, he was going to. Well, and what really gave it away is we go to Chipotle after practice or whatever. And I mean, I think at one time, uh, Mike Babcock, and then who was the psycho coach for the Rangers? Real, uh, Tortorella. Tortorella. Yeah. I mean, they're, both of them called him at the same lunch within a span of five, 10 minutes. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, he's going to the NHL. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that, that was actually pretty cool to witness. Um, How about a guy like Gensel? Though? Like, no gonna, one really expected Gensel. See, he was going to be the let's next not guy. Get, let's not get Ols going on Gensel because no, Ols kind of – Ols kind of thinks that he made Gensel's career, which I'm actually not, behind. I did not make his career. I just happened to What What is it. the how, – how so? Well, listen, Ols, tell Waltz a story. We'll, we'll we'll get repetitive over the episodes. No, but, yeah. I've got no problems spitting this one out. Yeah, yeah. Spit I, it out. I, tell I Waltz it. so he knows. <clears throat> All right. So <clears throat> in Sioux City, I got traded from Green oh, Bay to – Sioux City, yeah. Yeah. I got traded from Green Bay to Sioux City, and at that time we – uh, Sioux City was the worst team in the league. Yeah. Um, I happened to get traded there. I'm like, fuck, my career's over. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, I get put on a line with Jake Gensel, who had, you know, he's right at around a point every two games. And uh, <clears throat> once I got put on a line with him. Point a game? 
one point. Tried two points a game. Oh, wow. Yeah, guy went off, and I just rode him to the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I, oh, yeah, I was whipping him. For, <laughs> Get going. Right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, keep doing your thing. I'll keep giving you the rock. It was me and Jake Montgomery, a couple of 6'2 guys who were just burying kids in the corner and just coughing it up to Gens. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So oh, that's, that's pretty cool. So yeah. that's why he's laughing about the Gensel thing. But Gensel is a guy who, He's so good. He, he's so good. But when you watched him in juniors and even college, we played him at Omaha, you would never guess that he's going to be one of the best players in the NHL right now. I mean, he is. I mean, I, I don't think I would have guessed to the level that he's playing at in the NHL, but watching him even his freshman year when I was a senior at Omaha – I mean, his vision and his whereabouts or knowledge of the game is just off the charts. It's, it's insane. It's, I, it's not like what – it's not his hands are super no. good. You know, it's not his shots super good. It's, it's literally only how his – how smart he is. It's his, it's his hockey IQ that so, gets him – So what actually we're uh, – when he first played in the NHL, and I heard a lot of people saying, well, it's because he's on Crosby's line or it's because Crosby's giving him the puck. And to an extent, I mean, I'm sure it helps that yeah, you're playing with Crosby. Yeah. But playing with Gensel, I'm like – uh, I mean, Gensel, I think, is doing a lot that you guys don't know what he's Crosby's what probably he's, benefiting from playing on Gensel's yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you see it now, today. Like, yeah. It's actually, he's proven himself over and over again. And and I joke around, I'm, you know, I make fucking Gensel's career, but that was the best thing to ever happen to me. Like, he's yeah. just so smart. He's always in the right spot. Like, when I was playing with him in juniors... You know, it was fun, and, you know, we were fucking around. We're in Sioux City, Iowa. Like, <laughs> Sioux City, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, great spot, right? But yeah. when I see, when I watch his games now, it's like, the guy's always in the right spot. Yeah. He's always making the right play. Like, it's just He's simple. A, it, it comes to him. It's, it's insane. And I go over this with so many people. You know, you have, you have CEOs of Amazon or Twitter or whatever, and all those, you know, all these big companies, CEO of Medtronic, United Healthcare, whatever. They're, they're they're geniuses, yeah. <laughs> they're they're geniuses. And I kind of look at the star athletes also as geniuses. Cause they, you know, you look at LeBron, you look at Tom Brady, you look at Sidney Crosby, they're all geniuses in their industry, you know, like yep. they know everything that's going on, they know where to be, what to do, how to train, how to prepare. And I think Gensel just has that down. Like he knows the game of hockey so much being with his dad, his dad, his, his family's a big hockey family and his dad coached all the time. And I think he, he obviously picked that up from his dad. I mean, he just, he ran with it. Like he, he doesn't have only so many times that you can say that's because he plays with Crosby or he's getting lucky or he's just in the right spot at the right time. It's like, well, if he's doing that, Every game, yeah, it's no longer luck, it's every, no longer no, every player he's played with, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. it's just like you think of Jake Gensel, it's like, God, you know, he played with Ortega and all those, it's guys even Austin Omaha. Ortega, and, and it's like, Waltz yeah. and I played with Ortega, and Ortega's a he's Austin a Ortega's an unbelievable but, player, but who's right there with him? Jake Gensel's Gensel. on his line, always, always, it's just, and yeah. he just elevates those players as something he has. And I consider Jake Gensel a genius of hockey, like, he, yes. That's I don't know how he talks about hockey, but I know when he thinks the game of hockey, when he's on the ice, he's he's w- well above everyone else on the ice there when he's thinking the game of hockey and where the puck's going to go and where he needs to be. Yeah. He's well above. Because his physical attributes are not 
yeah, astonishing. I mean, like, you know, go into your I mean, what blazer go, go into yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go into That's what, what blazer made for. go into what blazer made you guys do before college and the training like i i guarantee you gensel didn't beat everyone on that like there's no oh, way. and the physical strength yeah. and all that no i mean yeah. he was small you know obviously i think he's put on weight now but he what is deceiving about gensel though in his strength is he's super strong on his skates in the corner he yep. might be small but he's hard to knock off the puck and i don't know how he does it or what his center of gravity is but if you talk about weights and this is demeanor looking at him he's a smaller skinnier guy yeah so yeah and then uh I mean, I think we've covered Omaha players enough. I don't want to pump any of their tires. I mean, I well, Sealer, good dude. I want to. I want to mention Sealer quick. Uh, Eden Prairie boy. Uh, they beat us in the championship triple overtime dagger to my heart. Yep. Um, but every time I see Nick Sealer, it's always, "Hey man, how's it going?" Like super and genuine human. Really but, cool dude. But it's psycho. It's psycho. Exactly. An he's, absolute. He's Bemidji he broke his helmet into like yeah. four pieces, and then yeah. I didn't know you could break a stick in half twice, but <laughs> yeah. he broke it in half, and then he broke the half in half, which I, I, just, <laughs> I wanted to mention quickly because I, I think Sealer's a great dude. He just he gets it. Like he's one of those guys that, you know, if you fuck with my teammates. I got your back. Exactly. And so uh as much as we were enemies in high school, uh I do enjoy that guy meeting him every single time. I do I he probably doesn't remember. I hated playing Nick Sealer in hockey. Oh yeah, he's... but I, I loved the way he played. You know, it was so hard, and you saw it. Like he played, he played some games for the Wild, and he would play for the Wild, and he would just tilt guys yeah. for like a minute straight, <laughs> yeah. just throwing yeah. punches. Yeah. Like the guy is an absolute lunatic, and I've heard. You know, he plays in the Beauty League in the cities here, and. He even gets into it with some guys in the beauty league, and that's just the way he is. Yeah, you know, like he, yeah. he can't turn it off. Like that's just <laughs> the way he is. You know, <laughs> but Sealer, yeah, Sealer's a guy who played with Waltz at Omaha and then went to Minnesota. I don't know what for, but now he's in. Is he in Seattle now? Did they take him in the expansion? He's been up and down American League NHL for a while. I mean, yeah. he's a he's. A, I have no he idea. Just, if he is just a great he is, player. He's a nail yeah. gun. He's yeah. just somebody you want on your team. But we've got enough out of Omaha, and we don't want to pump the Mavericks too much yeah. because, you yeah. know. Even though I do have them on a sweep. We have them on a sweep, right, Jacko? Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. Omaha, yeah, Mavericks, good, good program, whatever. It's probably the best team on I-29. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into – so Waltz, after Omaha, played played on plenty of pro teams i mean he had a he had a really fun Thanks pro career yeah. traveled a lot suitcase yeah <laughs> Played on plenty of them <laughs> oh Not, my god yeah. what a weird way to word it yeah, yeah. <laughs> played on a lot of teams oh, couldn't hold a Not, spot that, that, <laughs> was, that wasn't a chirp that wasn't a chirp i actually think it's cool you know like well maybe it's my bias because i think it's cool to travel to different places say that traded mid-season or whatever that's I think it's cool. Use, I think yeah. it's cool to get different experience. So you play on some pro teams. You get, you start out in Bridgeport. What is this? You sign after your sign. What is it? ATO amateur trial or something after, after college. Yeah. And then after that, you sign with Iowa Wild. Yeah. Or yeah. So Bridgeport, you did the ten games to get experience, and then apparently I 
my tryout didn't go as planned because I didn't <laughs> sign with them. So yeah, <laughs> went back in the summer and did rookie camp uh, in Traverse City with the Wild, then went to main camp and ended up earning an AHL deal from there. And then, so you play with the Iowa Wild, you play with the San Diego Goals, you play with Utah Grizzlies, you play with Rapid City, you play with Alaska. What? What's the most memorable place that you have played pro hockey in, in and why? Memorable? Yeah. yeah. Could be in a way spot, too. Like, like a good or bad? No, no. I, Either. I good and bad. I want to hear the memorable... Out of the pro spots you lived and played in that hometown, I want to know what was the most memorable. Well, experience I'll never forget is Belarus, but we can get to that later. Yeah, yeah. But memorable, I don't know. I mean, shoot, I really liked Utah. Yeah. As much as, I mean, Park City, the mountains – I mean, going hiking with the German Shepherd, Gino, you know, all the time after practice. Yep. I don't know. I just really liked Utah. That was a, I played there for two or three years. Yeah. Uh, that was probably my favorite spot to play. That, that was one of my favorite spots to visit. We only went there for a weekend. I had a fucking blast. Oh, and yeah. I was – so I was playing for Colorado. Yeah. And we're on the road in Idaho. We're actually playing the – we're actually playing Boise. And I'm in the hotel. We play Friday night game. We go to sleep. Saturday, I wake up. I wake up to my phone vibrating. I'm like, what the, who's this? It's my it's my head coach. And I'm like, why why is my head coach calling me right now? Answer, he's like, hey, Gage. Uh, Do you actually not know? I mean, I, <laughs> I kind of had an idea. Yeah. But, you know, like, you're wondering if it's about something you know, what I towards do. the game plan yeah. or yeah. what did I do? You know, <laughs> yeah. What's going on? So he calls me like, Hey Gage, uh, you've been traded to the Utah Grizzlies. Um, they're in Allen, Texas right now. You got to, they're playing a weekend slate there. So you got to go. So I get this call and I'm like, just pack my suitcase. All my stuff still. Were you like, ah, shit. Or like, what was your initial thought? Well, he told me I was traded to Utah. So I was actually like, Ah, it's not that bad. I, I could have been <laughs> traded. On, you know, like I'm going to Salt Lake City. That, <laughs> whatever. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I was actually like, okay, that's weirdly enough. Oddly enough, I, was, I wasn't I was mad at all. I was just like, oh, okay, I got traded. No experience, yeah. But then they told me I had to hop on a flight and go to Texas with my, you know, two-day travel bag. And then play a game against the Allen Americans, who at the time the Allen Americans were just a team of absolute bruisers. Meatheads, yeah. Meatheads. So I, did, I was not pumped to play the Allen Americans, but I was pumped. I wasn't mad about going to Salt Lake yeah. City. So, yeah, anyways, I, I get traded and I go, I get on a plane with my travel bag and go straight to Dallas, Texas and go to Allen and play a game there. And then we go back to Salt Lake City and for three weeks, I've got my travel bag as my only clothes and my, you yeah. know, like I, I have all my stuff, all my yeah. stuff's back in my play, back in my apartment in Colorado. So I, I have nothing. I'm just I remember like, that. Yeah. But I, I, I got lucky. I got really lucky. Like you could be traded in the East coast to like a terrible team, but I got yeah, traded I, to like, Rapid City Rush, I got yeah. traded to Salt Lake City, Utah, which was awesome. Yeah. I mean, not that 
the pro- city is yeah. awesome. Yeah. The city's awesome. The program wasn't, I mean, it was, it was okay, but yeah. But I mean, to get off this subject, I want like you played in Alaska. Like what, what's it like playing in Alaska? You got to so, take a plane like eight hours to the, your nearest yeah, team. Like, that's yeah. my, that's my least favorite team, not team, least favorite city that I played in, which I'll probably get a lot of grief for, but in the winter being there, it's I mean, dark, it's dark 24 seven. The only time that it's light out is when you're in the rink practicing. So sounds like, depression. I don't know. It was just, yeah. And then you're, you feel like you're, even though you're not on an Island, but you're on an Island away from, you know, everybody that you know, and the time change. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it was a different experience. It wasn't my favorite. I'll just leave it at that. It, that's a hard, it's just a hard place to play. Like cold, you know? So <clears throat> at any time, did you guys think growing up, you know, if I were to play in the South, God, I just wouldn't want to play hockey. You know, you think of Florida's or, yeah. thing, you know, Arizona State, for example, now that they're a fucking up and coming yeah. program. Yeah. You ever think, I'm going to go to the South and play hockey? Like, what was your thoughts originally when they came around? Because all, all I'm saying is when I moved to Orlando, it was the fucking best thing in the world. Well, I bet. You, you walk out of the rink in shorts and sandals. And it's oh, like, yeah. I'm going to go sit by the fucking pool or whatever it is. Yeah. But growing up in Minnesota, you're like, God, I could never play somewhere warm. I wouldn't want to play hockey. Is that your feeling? No, no. That's my feeling. I can personally. relate to that. I, I don't understand how guys go to ASU and are serious about hockey because I have that same problem, you know? Like, if I'm in ASU. Oh, you're worried about, like, beach life or, like, yeah, being or if, outside? And... Well, you're in San Diego. You're playing games in San Diego. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're playing games in San Diego. How are you like waking up that day and be like, oh, can't wait to play. play Can't wait to play a hockey game. It's like, well, you got the, you got the The waves crashing out there. Yeah. You got nice weather out there. I could golf right now if I wanted, (laughs) you know, like how am I supposed to be invested in hockey? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now that you put it that way, I get what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I don't know how you'd get – my mind might be elsewhere, yeah. I'm serious. So, so, but saying that, now that, okay, maybe even if it was just for a game or whatever, do you guys think Arizona State's going to be a powerhouse in the long run because of where they're bringing kids in? Yeah, and I've thought about this before, and I think earlier I've thought – I've had both thoughts, you know. I, I've thought like, there's no way they're not a powerhouse because who doesn't who doesn't want to who doesn't want to go play for ASU? You know what you're missing though in D1 I'm hockey. Serious. What you're missing, I think, that we haven't even touched on is people or kids can be sponsored now and paid. Yeah, yeah. Arizona State is a huge market. Yeah, you know, North Dakota is a huge hockey market, but in the realm of things, they're not even. Close to Arizona, what Arizona State is. That's fair. So, where do kids who are away from family, you know, I'm in Arizona State with, you know, this big party school and I got this much money in college. Where does it go downhill? Or does it not? How responsible do you have to be? That's a great point. No, and that's why I think those those NIL deals or whatever they're signing to get paid is going to change up the landscape of college athletics completely. Like basketball. Football, I've already heard 
I've I've looked at the football rank like recruiting rankings in Texas, the school the Texas Longhorns, yeah, they have the best recruits because their alumni base is paying these guys out the ass, you know. Like, oh, I bet they're and I'm and I'm sitting here as a UND guy and I'm like, you know what? When I got a little more money in my pocket and I've got some saved, like I'll fucking pay some good player to come play at North Dakota. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Like I I love watching the Sioux. I love watching college hockey. I'll go play a fucking top end player. I'll pay him whatever really? he wants to play for the team. Like that's ten K. He deserves it too. He's given me entertainment. What why, why should I have the university pay him what I can pay him myself and fucking yeah, and that's what they're doing with all the schools and it's going to change up the landscape of college you athletics. Know, completely. Oregon, what about Oregon? Nike, yeah, yeah, and that could get dangerous. Yes, okay, it we is. got a little yeah, off there. No, we always do. That's what <laughs> we do. You yeah, know? yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> we, we head down an alley and we we spitball for yeah. yeah, no. Okay, Never. so so also what I want what I wanted to bring up was Waltz. So Waltz played at he played for. a a numerous amount of teams, yeah. Professional. I think teams. we got that. <laughs> he's packed his he's packed his suitcase. He's packed his suitcase numerous times and moved around the country and played at different places. Yep. It's honestly not a chirp, but I think it's no, I sick. Know, it's just funny, yeah. I think it's sick. But um I was looking through the guys you played with mm-hmm. and you've played with a lot of the toughest guys to have ever played hockey. A lot of them, yeah. I mean, to name a few, some of our listeners won't know who these guys are, but you can look them up. I promise you. On Google. Brett Gallant, Stu Bickle, Tony Turgeon, Travis Howe, Justin Johnson, who happened to knock out John Scott in the NHL, Jacob Doty, Anthony Collins, I mean, these guys are yeah. all like. Well, you forgot Alex Gallant, Brett's brother. Yeah, arguably tougher. They're both extremely tough. These Joel, guys, these guys Rackers. are just yeah, and these guys I named off are like they're yeah. as tough as they come. And I want to know if Ols has run into a few of these guys. Did uh, Anthony Collins play for Atlanta the last couple of years? Is he still kicking? I think he played it. I, mean, I don't he think might. he did. Is there is there another Collins? Anthony Collins. No, Collins was in. Anthony Collins is like a six foot six to one hundred and eighty pound. Not no six foot six. Let, let me he's... let me look up a picture <laughs> quick. He's a, he's, mon- a big dude. he's a monster he's, skating he's, out there. You know how I play. I'm, yeah, know, I'm a rat. Fucking whatever. Well, Waltz isn't scared of any of these guys. Are on the but Waltz and I were when we were skating out on the ice <laughs> playing the game. We were we were both scared of the, all of these guys that were skating out there. Yeah, I mean. Who who is like any stories about these guys? Like who is the craziest guy? You- I take Brett Gallant. I mean, when I was in Bridgeport, him and Justin Johnson, those two. I mean, that was actually probably the most free I've ever been on the ice. Nobody touched anybody no. on that team. So I mean, that was probably the toughest team I've been on. We even guys that you didn't name. I don't know if you call them second tier tough guys or what, but I mean, even they were tough. You yeah, know? but those two just stood out way way more than anybody else. Um, Alex Gallant, he is deceivingly tough and psychotic. He looks like just a normal dude that you would fight, 
and yeah. it would be a bad choice. He's me. like a he's like a guy you would, you'd line up next to him on a face off. He's like, hey, you want to go? And if you didn't know who he was, you'd say, yeah, sure, <laughs> and then you'd be toast. Oh yeah, you know. But um, Joel Reckledge, he's another animal that I played with in Iowa. That's one guy I would not want to fight is Joel Reckledge for sure. So we both played with Travis Howe in Utah. Where does Howie stack up to these guys? Howie is a different tough guy. I mean, he's extremely tough, but his brain, like where he would take it to the next level of yeah. like, like he was scratched one game up in the suite. And, and he still found he a way to get suspended. He somehow made his way down onto the bench before Idaho went into the locker room, and he was fighting somebody in his suit on the team bench. How do you go from the suite to being on the bench? How he's, that's, that's one guy I was scared of. How he's, how he's scratched this game, and he gets he gets suspended in a game he, was, he wasn't he even was playing in. Because he's on the ice with the players fighting the guys in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> he, got so, he got so riled up in the suite. Watching the game that he couldn't help himself but run down to the ice and start fighting guys on that's, in his that's, suit. That's one guy I was scared. I was scared yeah. of Travis Howell. Like, and he loved it. He loved every second of it. And you see in all the clips now, like he's just he's just being himself. He's just over the red line, whatever. Like oh. he's just being himself. Pure entertainment. And I, yeah. I talk I talk shit. I'm like, oh yeah, I'd hammer that guy. I wouldn't touch that guy with a fucking ten foot pole. <laughs> Because he'll throat punch me. Oh, yeah. He'll throat punch me, I think and I'll I saw, be dead. I think I saw a clip on Instagram. Is he, He's still playing, right? Because yeah. I saw yeah. a clip on Instagram where he's like seven feet over yes. the red line, and people are like poking him in the shin pads, and he's just staring. He's, he's and, laughing. He's uh, just like, ah, yeah, try me. I'll kill you. That's yeah. all. I'll kill you. <laughs> that's all normal to Waltz and I yeah. playing on his team in Utah. He's just a. <laughs> he, he Here we go that. again. He loves that. Then he gets suspended, and he's like, what I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've, I've actually heard nothing but good things about the guy, though. Like my captain in Orlando, Mike Monfredo, got traded to Greenville when Howe was there. He's like, the guy's a great dude. I like, played Monfredo just... in Rapid. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love it, dude. Howie's. I lived with Howie when I got traded to Utah. I got sent in this apartment with my. You know, two day travel bag, lived there for three <laughs> weeks or whatever without all my stuff. And <clears throat> Howie was one of my roommates during that time. And he just made it so easy, such an easy transition for me. Like, he's such a good guy. And like, one of the best guys I've ever, like, in hockey, you know, you, you're bouncing around teams and meeting new guys all the time. Like, hockey players know so many guys. Yeah. And, I met Howie, and he's just one of the best guys I've ever met. You know, like he's just real nice. All those big tough guys, though, they're tough they're on just, the ice, and they're just extremely nice off the ice. I mean, most of them, yeah. Like it's yeah. just like crazy. Like they flip the switch, and they're just the nicest yeah. guy ever. And yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. You can't really relate. None of us can really relate to those guys because we're not like them. But they're just they're just so cool, and that's why I always say the name. I always say the word nails and I use nails as like equivalent to being cool. You know, like right. I say like, Oh, this guy's nails. That means he's cool. And the reason I say that is because <laughs> the reason I say that is because all these fighters, we used to call them all oh, that guy's nails. Yeah. And all the fighters were always cool. You yeah, know, like they're, they're just so cool. Yeah. So that's why I use the term nails to describe people as cool. But, um, 
let's get into Waltz's Waltz's best story playing pro hockey. So he goes over to Belarus. He goes overseas one year. Waltz, tell us a story. It's a long one. Um, I'll try to shorten it as much as possible. Um, but so there's an article out there that's cut right to the chase. American flees Belarusian ice hockey team, and it's me. So um, nobody on the team when I get there speaks an ounce of English. <laughs> nobody. I'm the only American in the whole league. Everybody else is either uh, Belarusian, Russian, or Ukrainian. Well, the reason I decided to go over there in the first place is because the contract on paper looked great. You know, bonuses for this and that and wins and here's your salary and whatever. A possible chance to play in the KHL with Dynamo and all that stuff. So that's why I went over there. Well, the first month or the first time you're supposed to get paid, I got paid. And I was like, okay, working out. You know, we're winning games. We're number one in the standings putting some goals in the net whatever well now i'm supposed to get paid again and i don't have a check so i'm like all right that's a little weird so i talked to him like in america we get paid <laughs> so so i go to the team manager who i i guess i he you know he speaks so you go here you understand yeah. you know that's i'm like so i go to this guy thinking he can help and i'm like where's my money and he, <laughs> we get you next time i'm like what about this time? Yeah. And he goes, no, double next time. And I'm like, okay. So next month comes and they give me half of what I'm supposed to get. So like, it's not adding up. You're not getting your bonuses or whatever. Yeah. So there's another guy who's like 38 years old. His name's Daniel Corso. He's a Canadian. Now, the reason why I don't count him on the team is because he's on the team, but he's never there. He's played, I think, two games. He's 38. I don't know. He just lives over there now, and he was in the locker room every once in a while. Well, when I did see him, he talked to me. We talked for a few hours, and he was explaining to me the situation that I'm in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So the situation I was in was this is a dictatorship country, and the president of Belarus would be in our locker room from time to time. I mean, there would be pictures on the wall of this guy painted pictures of the coach's wife in a bikini like by the hot tub i mean it's really odd and strange i'm just trying to paint a picture of where i'm at and so the president gives your coach x amount of dollars before each year and he can allocate it to wherever he wants well they're starting to run out of funds and they're trying to add on to this arena so i'm not getting paid so this canadian daniel corso goes hey you know you're probably not going to see that but with your player's card, you know, it costs them $10,000 to have it. Um, but I know you want to leave. However, they have, you know, police escorts at the, at the airport. Yeah. They're not going to let you until you pay them $10,000. So I'm like, how the hell are they going to know? And I guess they've brought people back. So finally I come up with Daniel. He, I talked to him and he gets me this extravagant plan. I got a driver. I got my girl who's there and my dog and we got to sneak out of the arena, get to the airport, and get out of the country. Otherwise, they're holding me there. Right At this point, I'm being held in Belarus. Yeah. Like, not wanting to be there. Yeah. Which is, you know, not okay. Yes. So And not getting paid. <laughs> so, I devised this plan with my girlfriend at the time, and I fake sick for like a week. I'm missing practice. I'm not showing up to the rink. I'm, but I'm really planning my escape out of this <laughs> hellhole. 
So we plan this escape. I get to the airport, and as I'm at the airport trying to get through security, my phone's going off the hook. I'm talking like 50 missed calls all from through the Telegram app yeah. from the general manager. Then I got Daniel Corso calling me, hey, man, they're on their way to come and get you. Like they're following you. You better be through the security. So we get through, we get on the airplane, and finally, like, we're in the air, right? We're taking off. We're, I'm like, oh, we made it. Well, we land in Poland, and as like I told you, we flew with my dog. Yeah. Well, we get off the airplane, and there's this sign, Ryan Walters. I'm like, oh, no, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. And they're like, hey, you fly with dog? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, all right, come with me. And so they brought me to my dog, but we've, we made it out of the country. No shit. So I have this article. Uh, they came out with an article later, like, he just left, uh, I don't know, I have it on my phone, but it's like, I don't know, a good three, four paragraphs long of American escapes, Belarusian hockey team. So that was my experience overseas, and it was terrible. No fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty crazy. Man, I've heard. Another part of that, though, yeah. I go to, I come home, like, they are threatening me over to Telegram that they're going to sue me for $10,000, and I'm like, <laughs> Well, you weren't even paying me, yeah. and I'm in America now, so you're never going to see me again. I didn't pay. Hopefully, you're not listening. <laughs> uh, we, but, do, we do have some international listeners. but it's for, They've been waiting for you. <laughs> but that year gets so – I'm waiting at home. I finally you know, talked to Tim Branham, who's the coach of the Utah Grizzlies. I go play for Utah. Utah season goes on. This is, I'm just explaining this is a bad year for me. Yeah. This part is about my girlfriend. We stay after the season a month because rent is paid for till the first of the next month. I'm like, well, it's free month rent. We're in Utah, no hockey. We can go explore. Why not use it? So we're going to go to the grocery store and grab food. Usually we go to the one to the right, but the one to the left is a little closer. So I got impatient and I said, hey, let's go to the other one. Well, we go to that one and we're standing between some glass sliding doors, right? Like where the carts are. Yeah. I go grab a cart and as I'm doing so, I hear the loudest noise of my entire life. Some dude high on meth pulled out a sawed-off shotgun, shot the gun. It ricocheted off the ground, hit my girl, hit a three-year-old that was in town for cancer treatment, and hit her mom. Then he took off running. They found him like five hours later. He ended up getting like 41 months in prison or something. But that was our one hockey year, was escape the country and then be involved in a— Morella got shot by the shotgun. That was a pretty wild year. That was the wildest story. Like, you guys came back and told us, you're like, yeah, Morella got hit by a shotgun bullet. I'm like, what? What, you, what are you talking about? You, you idiot. Shopping. I'm like, no, seriously. No, she got yeah. shot. I'm like, oh, my God. That yeah. is fucking wild. I've never yeah. heard anything like that. Yeah. So that was the one year of this horribleness that oh went on. Oh, my God. And then you called her quits? That year. No, no, no. No, then we came back. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, played, we played it. So Waltz and I, after that year, played another year in uh, a full year in Utah. And I think we we all, you and me, ended up retiring at the same, same year, yeah, I think. The, yep. Uh, after, played one more year, and then we called it quits. Yeah. So what were you, we had to end on at least a good note. 2019. 2019. 2018, 19. Yeah. 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 yeah so but Waltz yeah, isn't. But Waltz isn't explaining that all the rest of the players were living in this kind of, you know, low income apartment building, and then 
Walt, and then and then Walt's, you know, Wally for Hobie, like, you know, All Star. <laughs> Wally for Hobie All Stars <laughs> is he, he's living in some just high rise, like just luxury apartment building. And he's so like, we use the oh, he's always coming to the rink, like oh. You guys want to come hang out with me in my apartment? We got a golf simulator, a pool, <laughs> and we're all just sitting there like, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so you I, use, I use the shooting to the advantage. I'm like, hey, I can't live in these apartments anymore. Yeah. And they put me up in this nice spot. Yeah. So it worked out. Oh, that's nice. But Walt's but deserved it. Up. Walt's yeah. deserved it. He was, our be- he was our best player for those years. He was a good, good hockey up. player. <laughs> <laughs> you got to own it a little yeah. bit. A little sugar. But, but I did. You're all said and done. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't ha- you're don't. you not talking to but the I media did. right now. You're I did. talking to <laughs> the has-beens. Yeah. That, well, yeah, has-beens, yeah. <laughs> also, I did want to share a little tidbit about Waltz that not many people know about. Okay. That I know you'll enjoy and we'll, okay. we'll get to make fun of him a little bit yeah. for. So Waltz is a big workout guy. I mean, he takes care of his body really well. So he, he gets in the gym. He, he gets in the gym all the time. And I mean, he, if you took off a shirt, like he's he's jacked. Okay. He's always kind of been that way. Kind of wants to be jacked and stuff. But, anyways, <laughs> the first thing I noticed about this guy when I meet him is, okay, I mean, yeah, he's fucking jacked. Yeah. But why doesn't he have any hair? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> He he doesn't have any hair on his body because he shaves it to look more jacked. Really? So he shaves his legs, he shaves his chest, and he's kind of like a swimmer in that sense, but that's what bodybuilders do. Yeah. He shaves all of his hair, and then he walks in, like, looking at his muscles in the mirror, and it's like, (laughs) fuck you, buddy. You don't even have any hair on your my cast would look that big if they didn't have hair on them, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, man, you brought that up. My chest would have that crease if I didn't have chest hair. Are you kidding me? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, uh, I was not expecting that. Wow. Holy God. So do you or do you not shave? Yeah, do you still? Do you shave yeah, your I'm, body? Yeah, I'm completely bald from eyebrows now. <laughs> it actually looks good, though, Like, which kind of makes me mad. Because you see all these guys walking around gyms and stuff, and they're just all hairy, and you're like, I'm telling you, though. But he, he doesn't have, you know, he <laughs> just looks try, good. Try try shaving your legs. Putting on, what are those underwear called? Ooh, chill boys. Chill boys. Chill boys. He's oh. bringing on chill boys. Put, put on some chill boys, and I bet you, because you, you'll get right to your thighs. I bet you, and you put a nice pair of sweats on, you'll never go back. I, I let it fly, baby. I've got fucking tricep hair, right, all of it, yep. right here. Ols, <laughs> that's why I said hair. it to Ols, because Ols is a hairy human being. Yeah. And if he shaved the body, I mean. Like he, back and all? I, does, I'd lose, oh yeah, I'd oh lose yeah. 20 pounds if I, I'm dead serious. If he shaved the hair, <laughs> he wouldn't look quite as good as you because you're jacked. But he would, I mean, I think you'd bump yourself up a couple notches. Nope. No, nope. solidified at that five range, five, six, four, five, six, somewhere in there. Yeah. Personality bumps me up, but no, the hairs, that'll never come off. That's just, <laughs> that's stuck. And it's a son of a bitch. Cause I used to make fun of my brother. I used to, my brother fucking, you know, he's a grizzled. Oh guy. yeah. Guy's a psycho. Now he's fucking killing shaved? No, is this a big. But I used to make fun of. It. I was like, "Oh my god, look at your fucking arm hair! What the fuck is that?" 
Mine's darker, yeah. worse, yeah. terrible. Oh yeah! Don't ever make fun of somebody that's hairy because that's a you'll good. That's them. a good lesson because my youngest brother Trey, who's in Madison right now, I used to come home in like late high school or early college, and he used to always make fun of my acne. You know, I have a white head on my head and like yeah. just a bunch of acne. He's like. Pizza face, are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's laughing around, and now he's in high school, and he's got a pizza face. Yeah, and I'm like, it. every time I see him, I'm like, pizza <laughs> face. <laughs> mole, 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 guacamole. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, shit. But uh, that is a good time. I mean, should we cut this, Jack? Should we cut this into uh, kind of the middle of the episode? Give a shout out to the chill boys. We, I forgot. Did I mention the Chill Boys no, at all? we have not mentioned them. So let's mention the Chill Boys here a little bit. Yeah. While it's getting a $50 gift card. So the Chill Boys, <laughs> I, I mean, thanks again to the Chill Boys for sponsoring this podcast. Ols, myself, Jack, we're all wearing Chill Boys underwear, socks, www.com. Chillboys.com. Get your underwear, get your socks made straight out of bamboo. <laughs> I laugh, but it's it's funny. It is insane. funny. It is funny. Every time you say bamboo, I'm like, all right, this guy's just spitting facts about this. I, it is fucking nuts. I'm excited to get my hands on some of these. Listen, yeah. Listen. Yeah. I, I wear the same fucking underpants for the last eight years. I just rotate. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. You don't inside Adidas, out them, do you? Adidas, no. No, but I should. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of at that point, like, things are worn out. I put, I, I literally put on Chill Boys. I was like, this is fucking stupid. I should oh. be, I, You know, I, I trust my parents to buy me underwear in my stocking yeah. every <laughs> every Christmas, right? Like, you come A three home, pack. Yeah. I want a three pack of undies and I want some damn socks. I didn't get those this year. <laughs> I didn't luckily, get my Q-tips. Luckily, it is what it is. Chill boys came yeah. out of fucking nowhere. There you go. Slap me with a couple of pairs of underwears and some sock. <laughs> oh my god. The chill boys just doing an incredible job. And if you are looking for a new pair of underwear, socks, or not even a new pair, just a better pair. Go to Chill Boys, www.chillboys.com, and just you, give will it be, a try. you will be so relieved just when you try these underwear. Try, try, you know, we're going to give you a $50 gift card. Try one pair, and I promise you, $50 is not all you'll buy. And it's I know, very, and I know, yeah, and I know we're biased good. because they're, yes. they're sponsoring us a little yes. bit here. But they're actually, I mean, these underwear are actually. I'm, say, I'm saying go out there, buy incredible. one pair of underwear, put them on, and you'd be like, okay, this is. You're going to keep going yes. back. Yep. I agree. I agree. I'm excited. I can't wait. So anyways, we've talked about the fighters Waltz has, Waltz has played with in the American League and the East Coast Hockey League. What I did want to get into which happened after we actually stopped playing was Waltz is now, what is it? A year and year and a month, year and a month. Now Waltz is a year and a month now sober. Um, and I just think it's, it's such a cool story to talk about because Waltz, 
Waltz really didn't have a problem with with drinking alcohol. You did. You, you went through your normal life. You know, like it, no one really noticed that you you drank alcohol and you liked alcohol, and no one really know that you were struggling with alcohol. But now you're a, a year and month sober from alcohol and sober from everything. I just think it's such a cool story because it was affecting your life a little bit. And you decided to make that ultimate change to be sober and. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. So going sober, I mean, when you say it was affecting my life, um, it didn't seem like it because you You didn't know it at the time. Wait, you're in denial, right? At the beginning, you don't want, nobody wants to call themselves an alcoholic and it may not have seemed like it because I was functioning. I'm playing hockey. I'm scoring goals, but it, it, there's a, a deeper meaning to alcoholism than just drinking. It's, you know, about your mindset, how you handle things, how you overcome things and what you're masking um, through alcohol as a solution that isn't sustainable. So when you're drinking, you know, every single day, just going through life numb. Um, reason I did is because my brain was always going to harm miles an hour. What could have been, what should have been, who's to blame besides myself. You know, I, I to shut my brain down, I turned to alcohol. Um, and it became, you know, not just a weekend for fun with the guys. Then it turned into, you know, midweek hump day. Then it turned into Sunday fun day. Then it turned into every day. Right. Um, and that's where, you know, you, it starts taking over control of your life. Um, for sure. From the moment you leave practice to when you go to bed, it's just not, it's not good. So I finally realized through decisions and, and mistakes that I had made that I needed to, get sober because of where my mind was at through thoughts of, you know, even suicide, um, relations with my parents, friends, um, crazy thoughts, right. Things that you probably didn't even know. Um, so it was this time I either was going to go down this rabbit hole of loneliness and, and make my life worse, or I needed to seek help and get better. And so I chose to get better. And it's probably the best decision I've ever made. Found a new relationship with God and and my life has taken a complete, you know, one eighty turn and for the better. And I'm happy for it. For sure. And it's it's really ins it's really inspiring for me. It, it's inspirational really to see because I kind of saw you in your on your back end of your pro career where you were kind of dealing with this. Mm-hmm. And I got kicked off the team. And as a yeah, and as a guy that was on the outside that didn't know what you were going through mm-hmm. completely, um, you could see that you know maybe you like you were drinking a little too much and just enjoyed it too much. But to be you know, I I I knew you in that time when you were still drinking, mm-hmm. and you you really couldn't tell you know like. That's a scary thing. You, yeah, that, and that's the thing I wanted to get into was like, you couldn't really like, you kind of knew, but in term, in my eyes, I didn't think you had a problem. You know, like you still showed up every day on time. You still practice so, and played games well. You know, like so where where it's it, hidden. Where it, yeah, so that's where it gets scary. Is I, I'm not out, you know driving drunk i'm not out hurting other people i'm not getting in fights i'm not getting in trouble with the law 
to some, I mean, you're sitting on the couch drinking vodka, watching football on Thursday or Monday night or, or whatever. But what you're, why you couldn't tell, um, because I'm getting to the rink first and working out, then yeah. I'm practicing, I'm still producing on the ice. Why that is happening is because if I'm doing those things, nobody can say anything to me about my alcohol. Yeah. So I am doing everything in my power to make sure that I can continue to drink, which in a backwards turn, that's messed up and scary that you're going through all of that hassle to make sure you can drink alcohol. And so that is where you know that you have a problem. And alcoholism to an outsider who's not a part of the AA program or or trying to see, it's not, of course, it's about not drinking and staying sober. But a lot of it has to do with learning a new way of living, retraining your mind, how to handle things. Alcohol is no longer the solution and, and how you can go about daily life without alcohol um, taking control. So let, let me ask you this. I you know, a lot of people outside the hockey world or the sports world in general, they're like, mm -hmm. how do these people, like, have problems? You know, you're playing a sport. You're playing yeah. something you love, you know, for X amount of years. Like, how do you guys run into issues and shit like that? And speaking personally, um, I ran into some fucking issues with anxiety and stuff like yeah. that down the road. Like, you don't. You kind of push that shit down, push it down, push it down. Oh, when you run into those issues, you, you hide them. You, you don't want you people don't, to know, you, you don't, know. You don't want it to come out. And so the way that I dealt with my anxiety was I, you know, I'd play video games because it was a release from the real world. Like Exactly. So you took a better approach. You went and played video games to escape. Uh, after practice, I went and drank alcohol. Yeah. Um, to answer your question of like, why do you have a problem or what do you think causes it? Cause you're playing a sport that you love and you should be happy and X, Y, and Z. It's not that you're not happy doing those things. It's well, my whole life, you know, I'm in my brain, I'm expected to go to the NHL. Yeah. I didn't make it. I'm a failure. I've let my parents down. I've let my friends down. You know, I let myself down. Then we're taught, you know, suck it up, keep going. If you're hurt, you know, keep playing, which to an extent, I'm not saying I don't agree with those things. I, I don't like to quit. I don't like to give up. I don't like excuses. And I call myself an extremist. Unfortunately, I'm an extremist in every way. And rather than having one, you know, you have 10 rather than drinking one day a week, you drink every day. Yeah. And I think it just carries over. And after a while, you know, it just builds and builds and builds it to where it is what it is. And you just don't stop. Yeah. And it the craziest part about Waltz's story is, to me, he was still such a good hockey player on the ice and still such a good guy in the locker room. Like, that's the scary part about about this for me is, like, you really didn't – you really couldn't tell. If you didn't know Waltz as well as I did, you couldn't – you couldn't tell that he had a problem, but, you know, like you, you, and he did a great job. I mean, he said that's, you know, he was doing everything so he could drink and that's what he did. I mean, he, he took care of business at the rink, everything he had to do. I mean, he did his job. He showed up to work, which is playing hockey and he did his job. He showed up to the rink. He was the first one there every day, 
worked out before all of us. I mean, the guy's walking around the rink jacked and everyone's like, Waltz doesn't have a problem. You know, he's, the guy's jacked and he fucking plays every day and he practices every day. Like no one has to worry about him, but that's just, that's not all it's about, you know? And I mean, Waltz is a guy who hid that factor for, I mean, I don't think it definitely affected your life a bit. And I'm glad you made the realization that you had to make a change, which a lot of people at some points do, but it's really cool talking to you now and knowing you're a year and whatever sober. Mm -hmm. It's really cool for me because I know like there are a lot of guys we played with who were like, Oh, we're worried about Walt. So, you know, he's drinking too much and, not everyone comes out of that, you know, like not everyone breaks out of the, you know, no, I they can just it, yeah. go sober. I mean, I just wanted to bring that up not to, and it's not to embarrass no. you. It's really to, no, it's yeah. really to bring you up because I think that's one of the coolest stories there is to realize that you need to change. Cause one of the toughest parts is like, Walt's life didn't really alter, you know, no. like he, yes. he, he was a functioning alcoholic, you know, like he was doing his life. He was fine. He didn't have some huge fine. adversity that made him change. You know, like he just made the decision. Fine. From he, the outside perspective. Yeah, for sure. Inside yes. there's a lot going on that people don't see, but for I, sure. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, from the outs, outside perspective. And that's when like, you know, a lot of people make changes, which is, which is great. You know, they make changes when everyone notices, like, holy shit, they need help or whatever. But no one was sitting around saying, oh, Waltz needs help. He need, he needs this. He needs no one was thinking that. But mm-hmm. he did it on his own, which is kind of cool to me that he realized it on his own self and made the decision, which is harder than most people think, to just stop drinking alcohol and live yeah. life. It- so, <clears throat> I I don't mean to get fucking, like, super deep, but it's like, there comes a point in time where it's like, you're battling with yourself almost, right? Right. Like, so, did you come to this realization by yourself, or was there a point where you're like, fuck, I need to, f- I need to find help? So... There's a handful of coaches, uh, Rapid City Rush, uh, Utah Grizzlies, that asked me to get help. And I okay. turned it down because you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm going through because you're not one of me. Yep. You know, So I didn't listen. Um, but I've been told by a handful of people that I should seek help. And then going home, you know, and things that had transpired with my father. And then, you know, I finally met somebody who is like me and saw it. I don't know. It's weird that people in that community and they, they can connect and you understand each other. So I listened to him and he sort of, you brought me to my first meeting and the whole deal and sort of walked me through what the steps are. And you know, it, it worked out and I'm thankful for it. Good for you, man. Like a lot of people struggle with a lot of shit, whether it be yeah, alcohol uh anxiety anxiety, depression depression. literally any of that stuff like i truthfully i'm gonna be fucking honest with you yeah you know i i never got to that point 
of of drinking, but fuck, did I struggle? Especially yeah. the last couple of years, fucking when I moved home, like moving on to the next step, like that fucking shit sucks. What after hockey? Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. And people are, I, I bring this up again. People are like, God, you played a sport. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. welcome to the real life. But they don't realize we've dedicated our whole life, our entire life to this one goal. Yeah. And, you know, even though, you know, you score whatever, 142, 32, whatever the fucking points were, mm. I'm past that. Like, once you get to a point, it's like, fuck, man, I spent this entire time. Yeah. On this fucking goal and I didn't reach it. And like you said earlier, I feel like a failure, not to me, but to my parents, my friends, everybody that had these fucking high expectations for me. Yeah. That's fucking devastating. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a lot of weight to carry. It is. That's why. But now you learn how to handle these situations and you realize there's more to life than as much as. As grateful as I am for hockey and the experiences, there's so much more to life than than this game that we loved, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it's one. Th- it's you can't go back and change anything. You can just go forward. And what's so cool about you know this year of sobriety is I'm starting to realize these things and I'm getting more clarity and I can now move forward and live a better life free of you know alcohol. Yeah. No, that's fair. And it's it's really cool for me to. I've already said this is cool for me to see this transition, but I did play with Waltz when he was, we were in our last year of pro and he was, he was still drinking alcohol. And I mean, he, Waltz is still one of my best friends. Like I hung out with him all the time. Great guy. Would have never known he was an alcoholic or struggling with, you know, whatever he was. Mm -hmm. And for me to see him take the step and be sober for as long as he has and now talk to him when he's been sober as long as he has like he's just such an inspiration like Thanks, i tell man. him that i tell him that i tell him that all the time like he you're such an inspiration to people and like i wish i could tell your story and i don't feel comfortable telling your story because it's your story but People I meet, I just want to tell your story and tell them, you know, what you went through. And it's such a cool story because I think a lot of those people who make the change, you know, they were kind of forced to make the change or people told them to make the change. And I I don't know how – I don't think many people – I mean, some coaching staff said like, oh, yeah, maybe well, we, you, you, maybe you, lean off the booze. But like – You initially do it – I won't say everybody. I'll speak for myself. I initially did the sobriety for other people. Because, yeah. uh, you know, my parents weren't happy with me or friends, girlfriend, fiance. Um, so you do it for them first. And then as you progress through it and you stick with it, you realize that you're you're doing it for yourself because you realize the damage you were causing. Yeah. Whether you think you were or not, you were. Yeah. So. And, uh, and that's why, like, I mean, you were a premier hockey player premier college hockey player. I mean, as, as good as it gets. And then you mm. get to the pros and you have a great, I mean, you have a great career, you know, like it doesn't matter about that stuff. You could still be dealing with stuff behind the curtain. Right. And no one knows. Yep. And that, and, fuck, I had this conversation with a coworker, like you, you want to hide that shit because 
truthfully, a lot of people deal with a lot of shit, mm -hmm. but everyone does. But, but you look at your parents and you know, the older generation, it's like they were taught to hold their feelings in, you know, they were, you, I'm not going to yeah. say anything because I'm going to get disciplined for whatever, but our generation is, was really the first one to start this movement movement. Like, I'm, I don't feel okay. Yeah. Like I, I don't love where I'm at yeah. in life. And that's the coolest thing in the world. But people, especially male sp people that play sports. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they feel fucking vulnerable. They're like, dude, I'm not going to say shit because it's, it's so-and-so over here from fucking bumfuck Egypt is going to give me shit. And it's like, dude. If you're struggling, just fucking say it. Like yeah. that that's that's what I like so much yeah. about our generation. It's like, dude, if you're struggling, just fucking say it. Yeah. Because I guarantee 90% of the people are dealing with something too. Oh, and we're all you know like a lot of kids are raised and I was raised like this like if you need help, figure it out yourself, yeah. you know. Be like, tough. Don't ask for help that makes you seem weak. Well, it, it doesn't, you know, like use your resources, yeah. you know, like ask people, Yeah. you know, like just because you ask for help doesn't mean you're weak. It's, it means you're smart. Strong. It means you're strong. It means strong. you're fucking smart. Imagine, imagine five years ago, you go to somebody and you're like, man, I'm fucking struggling. I'm struggling. Yeah. They'll probably tell you to, hey, buck up, man. Like, a lot of people go through this shit. But I'm saying right now, it's like, man, I'm struggling. It's like, what can I do to help? What can I do to help you? What can, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's a total change. And that's what I love about our generation. Like, yeah. everybody's like, fuck, oh, you know, yada, 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 fucking Elon Musk and all this shit. Like... I might not be as smart as Elon Musk, but fuck, I promise you, I probably feel more. Yeah. I feel more than he does. Like, and that's why I give it to Waltz, because, like, he really had no reason to, you know, like, a lot of those people, a lot of these people have a, re they just let it go to a certain point until they have a tipping point, and they're like, I have to ask for help. Yes. Well, Waltz didn't wait for that point. He solved the solution before it got to that point. You know, like he started talking to people, made the right choices, met with the right people. It's really inspiring because not a lot of people can do that. And it takes people don't realize how much willpower that takes to like get in there and like look yourself in the mirror and you're like, you need to fucking figure it out, buddy. Yeah. You're looking at your, you're looking in your eyes and you're like, figure it out right now. Yeah. And that's one thing to say, and it's one thing to carry it out the next day. And you definitely carried it out the next day, and you, you kept with it. And I, I remember following along in your path, you know, how long you've been sober and how you've been doing. And, yeah. and now we're at a year and over a year, and it's like January 5th was this guy, the, this guy, Ryan Walters is an absolute fucking legend. How the fuck well, did he do this? He's fucking tough minded. Yes. Yeah. That that's a hard thing to do. 
It is. Good for you. Thank you, man. Seriously. That's that shit is fucking hard to look at us. We're sitting here fucking drinking wine, whatever. Not once have you questioned yourself or anything like that. You're like, you are fucking solid. He he knows. You're you're solid and you understand. That's where God, dude, I'm so fucking passionate about this stuff because you know, I might not deal with this stuff. Yeah. But the fucking anxiety fucking drives me nuts. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, like you wouldn't even think think of it. But it's just mm-hmm. there are so many different things that affect different people. Like you have no fucking clue. Right. And so you sit here and you fucking question somebody. Just you know? another example. Waltz is just another example of, you know, like most people look at Waltz like, fuck you, a professional athlete, D1 athlete. M- Made money playing pro hockey. Fucking how much? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fucking suck it up, buddy. Like seriously, you're doing okay, and it's like that's that's not the way it works. You know, you see with NHL players, NFL players, and it it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's a mental, it's a mental deal, and I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of guys we put. A lot of the guys on the Utah that that we played with are just so so pumped about how you how you've been in the last couple of years. Cool. It's just it's so cool to me that well, you've taken you. that step and you know, you you've again, it's you didn't even have anyone telling you to do it. You just did it on your own. Yeah. Like that's insane. I don't yeah. It's just insane to me that you did it on your own and you just now you're just didn't do it on my own. But I don't you. want I don't want to go into what he's doing nowadays because I've <laughs> what nowadays he he's got a job. A, he might have stole a business idea. <laughs> he stole my business idea, <laughs> but we'll mad moving call. <laughs> check him out. <laughs> oh, that's but funny. Uh, no, Walty, it's it's been a goddamn pleasure. Seriously, you're. You're yeah. a great human. You know, you have great stories. Um, truthfully, this is the first time I've met you. Yeah. Um, it's been a fucking, it's been a good, what is it now? Two hours, Jacko? <laughs> uh, two hours, 18, two hours wow. 18 minutes. Um, seriously, it's it's very nice to meet you as a person. Like, yeah, I'm super pumped for you. You know, I wasn't a huge um you know, we weren't fucking best friends before this, but no, no, we, we still, we still don't, we still don't like the Mavericks. And and also, this show is for you to fucking pat yourself on the back. So Waltz patted himself on the back the least amount of any of anybody, the, anybody. And he should be the one that's patting yeah. himself on the back the most guy, because I was a stud, oh, an absolute legend. I was an absolute legend. Fucking 132 points. I, I feel like I I jumble up that number every time I say it, but <laughs> a lot of, a lot of goddamn points. Guys, living his life, enjoying it. Um, we really appreciate you coming on the show and and sharing your story. Oh, thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks Pleasure. for coming out, Walt. Yeah. Love it. It was awesome. Well, thanks. we'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.